Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by Party Boy, Pants Party, Party in Your Pants, Pete McCormick. And our special guest today is the magnificent Moby Harris. Party Boy Pete, how you feeling, baby? Ready to get this started? Maddie, Maddie, boom, batty. I'm ready to go. Love it, love it, baby. All right. Well, you can find all our episodes and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And if you want to follow us on the Twitter or the Tiki Talk, you can join us at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, then email us at workperspectives at gmail.com and we'll go through the approval process and get you approved to be on the show. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective My voice in society's working perspectives We're exploring your workday and how you get paid Launching new episodes every Tuesday Your day can transform while we inform With episodes available on all podcast platforms Check out our vibe and how we get live Then do us a solid like, share, and subscribe Working Perspectives all right, pants party, party in your pants, pants party, Pete. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something. So, as you know, we are we are living in a world where piracy can just go unchecked. All right, we are a victim of piracy. Okay, it's a pirate's world, Matt. It's a pirate's world, and we're you know I'm freaking Captain Hook right now. Because I was freaking Peter Panned by some son of a bitch named asshole Tom Lavelle. All right. I like to call him Dork Beard. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dork Beard. That's the best. So uh, he's That's obviously right. not a real true blue member of the DuckTales generation like the rest of us. He's a son of a bitch, bastard, asshole, jerk. And what he did, as the people know, is that he pirated onto my show and he he stole he somehow stole the rights to the show. This is my show. It was my idea. And I came up with this. And this bastard came onto my show saying he stole the rights and it was his idea and I stole it from him and he's a liar. It's freaking illegal, Matt. It's uh, illegal. It's illegal. He should be locked up and thrown in Guantanamo. Throw him in Guantanamo. That's right. So that son of a bitch bastard. He uh, so what he did was he bought the rights to the show, but he's basically giving me the show back for free because all I got to do is beat him some Mario Kart, which basically already won. You know, the show is pretty much already mine. You know what I mean? So uh, we haven't specified the date and time. I think we narrowed down the location of where the Mario Kart challenge would take place should be taking place at Graham's Pub, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. Uh, when we do have a date and time for that, we will be hosting a live event, which we will stream live on YouTube and Instagram and every platform that we can. And then uh, the world will see me beat the piss out of, you know, the dork beard pirate asshole. Right, dork beard. Yeah, dork beard. We get his ass beat and then I'll have the rights back to the show. And then we won't have to hear from that freaking Stunad ever again. 
Does that sound good to you, Pete? Sounds fantastic to me. I'm on board. Perfect. Awesome. So uh, enough about talking about assholes and pirates and things like that. I want to talk about our guest today. Uh, let me tell you about this one. So this guy <clears throat> is a buddy of mine, Malik Harris. Now, there's people that you run into, uh, you know, throughout your life and stuff like that, that you see right away that you have like an immediate connection with and that they're kind of like, you're like, all right, we're just, you know, same, same dude. You're on the same stuff. page. Same page, man. I feel like you and me, we're same pagers. You yep. know what I mean? A couple other guys, but Malik is definitely one of them. Also, Malik is one of those people. So there's people out there and we won't say what their affiliations are or anything like that. But there are a lot of talk and a lot of complaining about what's doing, what's wrong and what's doing wrong. Right. And there are no action and no solution. Right. Not Malik. Malik sees the wrong things going on in the world and he's doing his best to try and make the world better with all the actions that he does. He's got a really astounding story. Really, really a lot of accomplishments. And honestly, so I'll tell you this party in your pants, pants party, Pete. Uh, we, we, uh, we aired the, uh, pretty work outland episode recently and fantastic the, episode. Fantastic. And, uh, and it can be found on all podcast platforms and YouTube at working Texas podcast. And, uh, on that episode, we mentioned that pretty Rick outland had five kids, five, very rare these days. You, you don't, you don't hear many, you know, most people stop out at, you know, one to three, three's the max. Yeah. So you thought five's rare. How about 12? Five is pretty rare. 12. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Pete. It sounds like somebody else had the party in their pants and it yeah. wasn't me. <laughs> there was a it was a freaking prom in that pants. You kidding me? <laughs> they had the ball in that pants. My God. Yeah, they had the freaking, you know, everything in that pants. Yeah, how about it? 12, 12 kids. They got a I've whole met. line of scrimmage plus a guy calling to the place. Yeah, man. They got a whole offensive side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the coach. <laughs> dude so pete how great like imagine this you're one of six so imagine double that you know like that's crazy but i'll tell you this it takes like uh, a strong guy and a strong foundation to be able to do that and we are going to find out today that malik is he's all that it's cracked up to be strong dude but a good dude you know what i mean and anybody that's raising 12 children yeah god bless him man god bless him and like too i'll tell you this he's another guy that i met him we met in the ring i think the first time i talked to him yeah first time i talked to him other than hi i'm matt hi i'm malik like we had punched each other in the face first and then afterwards we start talking (laughs) like you know like when you meet at the gym that's just how it goes and i really feel like me and him were, were training partners and we trained together and you really develop, and you know this Pete, because it was the same for you and me. You really develop a bond with your training partners, you know? Yeah. Anybody that you've gone toe to toe with, you know, like a little boxing or wrestling or grappling, anytime you, you, you put the, the blood and the sweat and the tears on the mat together, it's a different kind of a bond. Agreed. Agreed. Even, even if it's like, and that goes to, if like, you know, if you have a rival or something like that, there's still yeah. is a oh, connection yeah. that like a respect. But for yep. friends, too, like, you have a guy that, like, all right, you know, like I said, instantly connected, and then, you know, right away, we're just cool. And then also, like, you're – because when you're training and when you're in camp, and Malik will agree with this, is that you have to rely on your training partners, right? Like, they're oh, your yeah. tools. They're sharpening you. They're getting you ready. And, to you know, he, he's a guy I could rely on. 
to be there, give me the best. And, and I, and I would like to think I did the same for him. So he's still, he's still doing his thing. He's still in the game. He's got 12 kids. He's working right now as a delivery driver for a beer distributor. So he's hauling 160 pound kegs up and down the, the stairs of these little freaking Italian buildings all day. Oh. Yeah. He's, he, you thought, you thought your job was to forget about it, I know. <laughs> but uh, he's the best dude. He's married. He's, uh, he's got 12 kids. He's doing a lot of stuff. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, and I'm happy to have him on the show. So Malik, uh, I'm glad you're here. And I just wanted to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what'd you think of that piece of shit movie? I have not seen it <laughs> at all. Don't even, don't even know how to spell it. None of that. But um, I have not seen it. You want to tell me about it? Uh, uh, I'll tell you this. You don't need to see it because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll take have you heard of I trust you. Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, all crap compared to this. The greatest oh musical of all time. You are oh, really? such a... No, no, not, not really. Not no, really okay. at all. <laughs> no. The no, Wizard of Oz was a good movie, though. Classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> classic. For classic. sure. So what's hey, guys, going thanks on? Thanks for man? having me. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. I, dude, honestly, when and I, you know, I've said this before, but I truly mean this. Like the, when when we started this show and started doing this, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could get this person on. And oh, man, I wish I could get this person on. Dude, you legit popped in my head like, oh, this he would be great to have on the show. And then so happy that I was able to connect with you and get you on the show. And dude, it's been it's been gangbusters ever since, man. So really excited to have you on. So how's life been for you, man? How's things going? Oh, life, life is great, man. Life is crazy, but it's great. You know, 12 kids, it, it can't it can't be easy. You know what I mean? Not easy, man. It's a lot. You know, somebody tells me three kids or four kids, I'm like, do it on my hands tied behind my back. That's easy, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Blindfold. Like three kids. I mean, come on, three kids, one arm. You know, my wife does 12, can yeah. do it all by I need a little help with the 12, but yeah. you know, three, four, five, I can handle. Let me get to them big numbers, man. You know what I mean? A gallon of milk a day. Just just imagine that. A gallon of milk a day. That was oh. your yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. How much how much America, how much cheese we going through? Bread. This is uh you got the one of those big drop freezers that yeah. freeze everything. Yeah, <laughs> I I have Two refrigerators, deep freezer, two dishwashers. I mean, double everything. You know what I mean? Literally, double. <laughs> How, I mean, that's I'm not the, going to convert to a big, tall passenger van. That I refuse to do. <laughs> I, I do you know what I mean? We'll do five cars before we do the tall passenger van. My wife suggested it. They were just not doing it. I can't do it, man. Yeah, I, I we, we we well, I was one of six kids, and we had the 15 seater passenger van. But that was also part working. My dad owned a deli, so he used it to get the groceries for the store. But uh, it came in handy. And whenever we had, like, Little League or anything, my dad got to drive the entire team. Yeah, I'll put him on my trailer instead. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's hilarious, dude. That's great. I always wondered this. So, like, you see, like, in the in the pros, you see, like, the Gronkowski family. You see, like uh, – like uh the the matthews family like there's a bunch of like and like even like john jones like his family right like these guys these are massive human beings so they all hit a growth spurt at one time where they're and they're probably still eat a ton now but when they were like 15 to 6 i could only imagine what their food bill was like at their house you're with 12 kids your food bill has to be like you're feeding a small country oh man it's insane like we i I don't usually shop with my wife too often and she took me to BJ's one time and I literally went to BJ's and I was like, 
how much is the bill? I mean, when the bill gets to two and three thousand dollars, she's like, Yeah, and I still gotta go back every single week. I mean, like literally two thousand oh. is easy, and then you're going there for once a month, and then every week you still gotta go back to the grocery oh. store to get bread and milk because you can't just fit it all, you know what I mean? Dude, um, you probably got like three carts, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, three carts, a flat cart, you know. It's, it's she only took me because she had a big stuff to take, and I'll, I'll never go again. It's I'll never just to see her swipe that card with that amount of money for that amount of food. She comes yeah. and tells everybody, don't eat at all. Like no one can eat. This is ridiculous. So I'm like, <laughs> hungry. I'm like, you cannot be hungry. I just spent three thousand dollars. You cannot be. <laughs> just cook something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make me feel good. At least cook yeah. something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's no sure. pizza being ordered for twelve at this, you know. No. Like hell no. No, not after a three thousand. No. And I still try to order out for pizza. Yeah. yeah, and I still order out <laughs> on Friday nights. And my wife's like, I just went grocery shopping. I'm like, I know, but and she's like, Yeah, there is no but. Somebody's, <laughs> a, you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. I'm ordering a cheesesteak. I'll let them make some food. You know what I mean? I, I gotta. Have- <laughs> yeah, it's just that cheesesteak. That gets a cheesesteak, and yeah. I had a cheesesteak every now and then. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. what's your what? Okay, what's your spot? What's your cheesesteak spot? Around here, um, I like Five Points Pizza, and I, I like uh, New Station in this area right here. New Station and Lansdale. Lansdale. Yeah, yeah, dude, dude the best. That's, picky, That's my yeah. favorite spot. My favorite spot. Yeah, so, so so were there family trips to the mall? Was there like, oh, we're getting all 12 of you in the car and we're going to the mall, we're doing Christmas shopping. Were those trips a thing? Yeah, so you know what's, what's funny is I, I call my family, like we're the League of All Nations because we, we're so many different genres of, of <laughs> and races and groups. So when we go to the mall, it's kind of funny like to see, but like when they were a little bit younger, um, my wife would like walk in the front, I walk in the back, and you see like a trail of people. And you just, <laughs> people just going, you know what I mean? You, got, you count the heads as you're going, you know what I mean? We yeah. went to Disney. We had to break up in groups, you know what I mean? Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like Disney World, like how, yeah, like, yeah. Were, were leashes ever involved or was it a no leash household? Well, we had some, we had some adults. I did want to do the leash, leashes. I really did want to do them. Um, yeah. Being parents doing them, but we were just, we, we, we made it work, but man, it was hard. I, I don't care anybody says, Disney World is not the happiest place on earth when you have small children. <laughs> <laughs> For adults, it's great, but there's nothing happy about screaming, kids, hot, crying, scared of every yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how is this happy? I want to sit on the beach somewhere and like do nothing happy. Like yeah. Disney World is a beautiful sight, but taking all them kids there, you can forget about it. I, to me, peaceful is home. My kids out back playing in the pool. I can see them all fenced in, do nothing. Yeah. That's peaceful. That's vacation to me. Anything yeah, yeah. Comes to, when I got to get in my car and drive, there's yeah. no more. Not you want the me. staycation, then you can get the cheesesteak, make the kids fend for themselves. Yeah. It's all. You know? oh, so <laughs> that, speak- geez, you're talking my language. Yeah. Speaking of. OK, so new station pizza. I'm not going to lie. I've said it. I, that's might be my favorite pizza spot. I love new station because they got Likewise. the sweet sauce, dude. Oh, it's the oh, best. It's so good. Have and you guys ever had, had Grand Zones pizza? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I deliver yeah. I deliver their beer there. Yeah, I do, I, I love friends. Oh. I deliver beer over in Bridgeport and at the Plymouth meeting. I, so yeah. So, so Fran Zones is my favorite pizza place. And me and my wife recently moved to Roxburgh where they have a Fran Zones. And oh, uh, nice. I get it one time and she hates it. So I'm like, wait a minute, my favorite uh, pizza. And th- this is the one that you hate. So now I yes. when that, I have to wait till she goes out of town. Dude, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. What, that's heartbreaking. That's really <laughs> oh, just be selfish. <laughs> get it yourself. Yeah. Be selfish. Yeah, get it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just the, hey, it's just like, oh, you don't want any? Fine, I'll just eat the whole pizza. Fine, forget exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My wife doesn't eat seafood, and that's what I do. She doesn't eat seafood, so she'll make <laughs> me 
the world. But like, I'm like, I get crab legs all to myself. I get shrimp all to uh, myself. Like, are you uh, kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, literally, she won't even touch it. So, uh, I'm, I, I literally, I can be like six, seven pounds of crab legs and don't have to ever worry about her touching them. It's, it's heaven. Uh, it's heaven. Isn't that, lucky isn't that one lucky. thing? So, are you is, <laughs> lucky, yeah, lucky, yeah, lucky as hell? Are you guys <laughs> like, is your wife like this? So, Basically anything I eat, it's like my wife's fucking smorgasbord. She can have like she just comes up whatever. <laughs> oh if yeah, yeah. If it's reverse and she's eating something and I try to touch it or try to take a sip of her drink or something, it's like fucking I'm two inches away from being shot in the face with a gun. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't you ever? Yeah, don't don't yeah. don't don't you ever? Yeah, don't you ever? She she will tell me she doesn't want it, and I'll say. Get your own. I'm being stingy. You're not getting it. No, no. I'll just, I'll just. It's fine. I'll pick it yours. No, no. You're not picking it. My. I want all. I get it. She picks up. Just saying. I should have ordered that. I should have got something for myself. I'm like. Oh. I'm learning a lesson. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Oh. So long. I just like. I order an extra one for her. Put it in the bag. Don't say anything. When the time comes, like, hey, there you go. Your mozzarella sticks are in the bag. Go get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got two fries because I knew. Yeah. Yeah. So give me six. Dude, you can't add none of these. No, I'm not sharing none of these. I have this other thing. So my my I, I'm a picky eater, and my wife is always trying to get me yeah. to eat things I don't like, yeah. particularly mayonnaise, which just creeps me out. <laughs> and so she's always trying to sneak. She's like, "Oh, I made you your grilled cheese." I'm like, "Did you use mayonnaise instead of butter?" Because like I know you did, and like you trying to put something in my body I don't like. That's rape. This, like I yes, know about rape culture. You, you rape. Yeah, yes, that's disrespectful. That's just rape. That's like forcing you to do something. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude. That- Food rape. That food rape. I'm, I'm using that one, dude. Yeah, I'm using yeah. that one. Food rape. Yeah. yeah, I'm using that one. Dude, you know what's been my move lately when we go out or like when we order something, right? Because I know this is what's going to happen. So, like, the whole thing of like, she's just going to eat what I get. So, I'll yeah. eat pretty much anything. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Except right. for like vegetarian bullshit. I ain't eating that. <laughs> but, like, so we'll be out to dinner. She'll pick something and then I'll be like, okay, if. What's the second thing that you would want to get on the menu, right? And she's like, "Oh, if, well, if I didn't get this, I was gonna get this." I was like, "Fine, I'm getting that." And then so I know, like, now I don't just, I'm just fucking have to, like, I don't have to deal with it now, you know? What I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your second option? I'll just choose that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. That's yeah, it. Two birds and one stone. For sure. like, I'm going between the steak and the sandwich. Like, I guess we're getting both. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my yeah. move, man. That's the way to go. Dude, but nice. So, okay. So, yeah, New Station Pizza, big supporter of New Station Pizza here. Love it. They have it. I'll tell you what, one of the things that I love that they have, they have a cheesesteak stromboli that is out yep. of this fucking world, dude. Oh, love my it. God. Fucking cheesesteak bully, babe. Forget about it. Damn, about I might, it I might right. have that. I might have that this weekend thinking about it. Damn. No. I'm, thinking about it. I'm thinking about it tonight. That's why you saying it, man. You got <laughs> for my debit card, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, the phone yeah, call. The order. Man, I wish, <laughs> I wish New Station delivered to Mayfair, you know? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's keep it moving. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to get to the new hottest segment, Hitting the Streets. It's Memory Lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. Now that's lame as in not cool, like your wife not letting you pick off her plate even though she picks off your plate nonstop. So lame, like L-A-M-E. 
So this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring up something from the 90s and we're going to see vote on it and talk about it to see if it's still radical, totally tubular or if it's lame city. So uh, as a tradition on this show, Leek, what is your memory lame topic, item, whatever? Mine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 90s. Um, let's go. Let's go with 90s clothes. Ooh, okay. Oh. So, uh, so like, okay, so like, okay, let's bring it, let's, let's narrow it down. Do you remember BK Knights? I do. The sneakers? The BK yes. Knights? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Hold on. What but, about the lottos that you could take off and interchange the Velcro lottos to make different uh, lotto signs on? You could like, you know what I mean? The red ones, you can change and put them off and put blue ones on there. You can literally change and match your outfit. The old lotto sneakers. They're like the British game. The lotto. Oh, man. I'm even, you guys are blowing my mind here. Sneakers with Velcro and like all kind of interchangeable yeah, symbols. Man, all right. yeah. Were the BK Knights the ones that lit up? Did they the, light uh, up? They do with LA Gears, weren't they? That LA Gear. We're showing our age now for sure. Yo, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, if LA Gears came out, they'd be the hottest shit in the streets right now. They oh, released yeah, all the light up shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they released LA hands. Gears. Forget I it. I went to a haunted house wearing the LA Gears, and then they yelled at me because I was ruining the haunted house with my light up sneakers <laughs> as I went through. <laughs> And you're like, well, LA gears, wow. so, yeah, you got to have to not to be ruined by LA gears. And for, dude, LA gears, but the, the 90s code that stands out to me the most, Jenko jeans. Oh, Jenko jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Those were like the skater <laughs> gimmicks, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about the poncho like? pants? The poncho well, pants. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, oh the, so the, the, the ones that had like the, the strings hanging off, like the, yeah, yeah, like, like, wear, like a rave and shit, right? That like parachute pants, right? Like those. Yeah, like, they were baggy, pants, but then they got tighter yeah. on the ankles. You know that way yeah, you weren't exactly. dragging. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my, dude. Yeah. Also, remember we're we're we're, ta- we're ruining like so many memories. Remember tearaway pants, breakaway pants, Adidas. Oh yeah, pants. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I had the fucking sweetest outfit. It was. A green and white Wayne Corbett Jets jersey and the matching green and white Adidas tearaway pants. Fucking forget <laughs> about it. Your boy's wow. showing up to the St. Jude dance looking fly. Let me tell you. Let sure. me <laughs> tell you. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. Dude, I mean, man. You, and you had to have a pair of good looking jeans back when you wore your pants backwards, like crisscross. You know what I mean? You had Because oh, yeah. everybody can see what you had on. Like now oh, they. Yeah. Because back in the day, they were in the front. So if you had some corny jeans on, everybody saw them. You know what I mean? Dude, I'll tell you what. Now I feel like it is like for jeans. Do you, so I bit, I did the, the gimmick where, uh, so shout out. I mean, no free promotions, but I'll shout them out. So Muggsy jeans, right? So they're like the athletic ones. They're like the ones that are like, they stretch. Dude, I'm not going to ah. lie. They're, I can't, Matt, are you I, buying maternity jeans? I wish, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I, I have three pairs of these jeans, and like I can't wear like normal Levi's anymore because these jeans no. are just that comfortable. They're incredible. Yeah. So, right. yeah. yeah. Plus, too, if like I'm a bigger guy, so like an elastic kind of around the waist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm fu- there. If you guys, you know, I'm telling you, don't be afraid to check them out. Breathable, comfortable, I'll check them out. Uh, athletic, stretchy. They're nice, and they look sweet as shit. You know. <laughs> So, yeah. all right, 
So let's let's take uh, we'll do uh, L.A. Gear and B.K. Knights is what we're voting on. So uh, Malik, since you threw it in there, what are you going to vote? Are they still radical, tubular, or are they lame? Man, I'm old school. I think they're still radical. Man, if I found a pair of them, I think they'd be classics. Man, yeah, I take it. Peter Hosen, what do you got? I think it's just the stink of the Jenko jeans still on my mind, but I gotta go lame oh, <laughs> for the nineties clothes. You son of a bitch. So uh, because in in honor of the wanker bet and the Adidas tearaway pants, I'm gonna rad these because that outfit was it would still be rocking today. Wanker yeah. bet, shout out, salt in the slot, wanker bet. So. All right, nice. So we're going to move through. Uh, that was another rousing segment of Memory Lane. For all you uh, people listening out there, if you'd like to submit your Memory Lane topics to us, you can do that on Instagram at Working Inspectors Podcast, on the Twitter at Working Pod, or you can email them to us at workingperspectives at gmail.com, and we'll throw up your Memory Lane suggestions to be on the show. All right, fans, time for a breaking action to bring back one of our favorite segments. This is Shit That Happened in Wrestling with our good friend, Steve Gavitt. Steve, what shit happened in wrestling? We had some sad shit happen again this weekend at the Olympic trials. My guy, uh, Southern Regional's finest, New Jersey state champ, Frank the Tank Molinero, who's all of five feet tall, but can bench press a house decided to finally call it quits. He was our representative last year, or four years ago in the Olympics, and surprised everybody with a great run through the tournament, grabbed himself, I think, a bronze medal. Now, he tried one more time. He's coaching at Arizona State. This was his last run. He did not get there, got the brakes beat off him by Yanni Diamahakalis. And he beat the shit out of Frank. Frank decided to call it a career. And in wrestling, you leave your shoes in the middle of mat. Why? I don't know. We're not the brightest people, but he did it. It's over. Bye-bye, Frank the Tank. And that's what the fuck happened. Get it wrestling. All right. Now we shit that happened to wrestling with our good friend, Steve Cabot. Now, back to the show. All right. So, let's keep this moving. I really want to get into this because we got a lot of really good stuff today to go over. So, like I said, uh, our boy Malik here. He was born in he was born at Nor- Norristown Hospital. Grew up in Penn Lynn, right? He did uh, he did public school K through twelve, and then he went to uh, NBTI after high school to get to be a certified trainer. He played baseball for a little bit at the you know age of five or six. Soccer he played for a few years. Then he did football for a few years, like when he was in high school. But then at 18, he started boxing and he hasn't stopped since. So I want to yeah. get into it. So Malik, when you played football, where where did you play and what position were you playing? Um, well, man, all the schools. I I, I played at Wissickin. I played in Norristown. Okay. I also played at Glen Mills. Um, yeah. Tight end, defensive end. What did you like better, tight end or DN? DN, man. I like to be free, man. I like to be free I, you, you can't, I don't like to be caged in man you know what I, mean? I need the freedom to be able to just be myself man yeah. uh, you know tight end is just it's too many routes they got to run and dn is like don't let them get outside you i don't care what you do don't get yeah. you know just contain you know what i mean so it's a lot easier yeah. for somebody like me yeah for sure and the tight end yeah, if you want to hit people you just get the little chip blocks whereas dn you're on someone every single play absolutely yeah. yep Absolutely. And you're, and you're hand fighting too. You know yes, what I mean? Like correct. a yep. lot of hand fighting when you're in, on the D line. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. 
Yeah. And he also came up when uh, Reggie White was the man of, of the city. So, you know, it's like oh, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Got this Reggie and Jerome. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. Then, and then we got Mike Mamula. <laughs> so when we were so i had eagle season tickets for 12 years and i and i and i got rid of them but we when we would go down there we used to sing this song we used to sing mike mamula mike mamula mike fucking like our whole section would love it it was so it was hilarious i wish we got it yeah so, all right. So, nice. So, then uh, you did football, and then you started boxing at 18. But I want to start before that. So, your first job you got was in Lansdale, PA, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, at a little restaurant called Luigi's. Luigi's. And 14. Yes. All right. And you started – you were dishwashing, right? I was. I was good, too. Oh, dude. I'll tell you <laughs> – so – Here's here's a funny story. So uh, the restaurant you worked at called Luigi's, it's right across from the train station in Lansdale. So as growing, I grew up in Lansdale in that neighborhood. And honestly, I probably went to Luigi's a bunch. I went to Luigi's a bunch of times because we were like my so uh, former uh, producer and co-host of the show, uh, Shake, his mom was a waitress at Luigi's and we would go in and see her and like get some food on our way to the boys and girls club in Lansdale and stuff like that. Land of three home of the brave. And so I probably walked by Malik while he was working probably a hundred times without even knowing it. Right. <laughs> so, and then a couple years later, Luigi's would shut down and then it would be bought and made into another restaurant called Casa de Michi where I would then work and I would be a dishwasher and busboy at Casa de Michi. So me and Malik were a few years behind each other where he was dishwashing at this place. And then a few years later, I would end up being a dishwasher there when it was, you know, same building, same place, just a different name. Crazy stuff. Crazy. So I wonder who cleaned the dishes better. You know, if we had a dish off right now. I'll, I'll tell you it's Malik. I was I was good, man. When I tell you I was good, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of I'm not good at, but what I'm good at, I'm good at. I was good then. I still hand wash dishes to this day. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even put my dishes in the dishwasher. I still hand wash dishes. That, that's how You know what I mean? Damn. Still to this day. Dude, that's the way. I'm the same way. And I, like, I'm not a rinser either. I'm a, like, I'm cleaning. If I'm doing the hand washing, I'm fucking cleaning it. I'm not just running water <laughs> over it and put it back. Like, that ain't cleaning it. You're just yeah. wetting like dirty food and shit. That's yeah, I had that. a couple of roommates back in the day when we didn't have a dishwasher. And even when we did, they just wouldn't clean the dishes. Not, you know, some somebody I lived with at one point and some other people. And after that, it made me it. like now, like the dishes have to be clean. I can't take dirty dishes in the sink at all. <laughs> well, oh, that's funny, Pete, because me, that's funny, Pete, because me and you lived together, didn't we? Oh, that is strange, isn't it? Huh? I wonder who it could have been. Wow. Um, Interesting. Must Very... have been the squirrels. Yeah, oh, you fuck you. <laughs> well, that means, that means I'm a dishwasher. Then speaking of, then if it's, if if that's the case, I mean I want a dishwashing thing. Then exactly, you <laughs> took it home. It was for you. It wasn't just a job. It was a mentality. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You're gonna do it. Do it right. You know what I mean? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So plus two. So okay. So that was your first gig. First, like it, like under the table. Mine was under the table too. Yeah. But how did you like it? So what? It was like your first paying gig. Did you have to take the train there? 
No, actually, my mom, I used to go to Boys and Girls Club after school and I would walk over and then my mom would pick me up. So like it was like the routine, like go to go to school, Boys and Girls Club dropped you off, walked over across the street, worked. And then when you got to the nighttime, mom come to scoop me up or I had my bike. But I lived over in Hatfield. So most times she would come scoop me up and, and take me home. Yeah, that's a that's a ride for sure. Yeah, it's a ride. Yeah. yeah. It was across from the, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Is that what, what made you go for it? Yeah, I was actually I was going to the Boys and Girls Club, and um, one of the staff members over there, I was doing some community service there, ironically, and uh, <laughs> when I needed some money, and so she said, "I'm going to find you a job." But you know, back then, jobs you could get jobs even when you were younger, but you had to know somebody. So yeah, so right. Over there and got me the job like off her name, right on the spot, and I was able to uh, to get the job. Thankful to her, I was able to get the job. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's honestly, as like a kid, like. That's a sweet gig, man. You know, like, like I got a job there. Then I got, you know, a friend of the show, former guest of the show, Jason Bowers, a job there. We talked about when he was on the show. Then I got, uh, you know, segment guest of the show, Alan Bach. I got him a job there. You know what I mean? Like we were all, all of us were working there at one point, man. But it was like, that's a sweet, like cash gig. You got to eat when you were there. Like you were hanging out, like also like the cooks we were hanging out with were like older and like they were like kind of schooling us on life. When you're a shit. kid, the restaurant industry is like the coolest industry in the world. You're like, look at all these people, like they're drinking and they're smoking and they're hanging out after work. You're like, yeah. like you're just like, oh, this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, plus, yeah. plus, when you work in that restaurant and the business like that, it's you get paid every day. So it was like you felt like you were leaving. You weren't waiting all week for your check. You know what I mean? I think that was yeah. like important. When I left, he was like, oh, I walked in, I got, I got 40 bucks or whatever it was. So that was always good. That I, I felt like when I was leaving, you know, as a child, you're so impatient. So to be able to get paid on yeah. the and go home, I think that made it better. Like Friday night, like you give me your Friday nights, your Saturdays, but you're like, I got money. My friends don't, you know what I mean? So I, that, that was kind yeah. of. Yeah. And you're buying, you're buying like some clothes and some gimmick like that. Yeah. That's yeah. honestly. I like that's honestly that took me a while because I bartended for years, like from when I was 19 till like my my early 30s. And I bartended for years and having cash after your shift, that was like for me, it took a while to get used to not having the cash after the shift and being on like, you know, every two weeks you get a check. Took me a while to get used to that. Yeah, budget, I did. Yeah, nothing, nothing, dude. Hey, man, nothing like cash in the hand, brother. You're making it, you're, you know, like making it while you're working. You know, that's that's a nice gimmick. So nice. So that's a nice starter gig. Honestly, too, I always thought this. Every, I think everyone should eventually work in a restaurant at some time just so they get like a perspective that, like, you know, like, because, like, I, other I'm people sure suck. Yeah, like people are assholes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you don't have to be rude to a complete stranger for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, ha- like to have some manners and respect and not talk down to the people that are waiting on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think everyone should have that experience. But, you know, we're only people. What can you do? So then, uh, so for you, Malik, then you kept the dishwasher theme going and you left uh, Luigi's and you went to the, uh, a retirement home and you were a dishwasher at a retirement home. Is that right? This is true. Worst job. Worst job, you said? Worst so, all right. So, uh, can you go into it? What What was so bad about? So, you were dishwashing at the little Italian gimmick in Lansdale. Not so bad. You go to the to the uh, the old folks' home. What? And I'm assuming this wasn't under the table. This was a check one, right? Like it was like a two week. Correct. So, it's a, it's, so, so you get paid with a check. Second of all, yep. 
Luigi's, at least Luigi's, you ate good Italian food all night long, right? You yeah. old folks home, there's no seasoning on the food. Everything's bland, right? Everyone's getting, <laughs> oh. you know what I mean? It's like you, you they give you a little, uh, like two ounces of orange juice to drink. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's they want to take part of your, your checkout for your meals and stuff like that. It was, the, and, oh. and, and, and the, the, the bosses were just on you about everything. I mean, at least, and there was just literally like a machine. You like put your dishes in, throw it through a machine, you push it out. Yeah. It's just yeah. all night long, but it was just, it was a job that like was never ending. You're in a, you're in an area like at least Luigi's, the back door when there's nothing, you can go outside, sit out back, see anything. Yeah. Yeah. Might have friends come by and sit out back while you were talking. Go yeah. Just, there, you 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 couldn't go outside. You're you're, you're cooped in in, the, in that back area. No windows, no clocks. You just, it's just if yeah, if just a, a cog in a machine. Yeah, yeah. man. It's just I mean, it just it was a parallel move. You go from like, you know, doing that job and getting paid under the table, making money per se, going and getting to another job, getting taxed. You know, feel like you're not doing. Uh, it. <laughs> you're getting older, you're not and you're not progressing in life. You know what I mean? So it's one of yeah. the things. This is what I really want to be doing the rest of my life. I mean. Uh. Look, Washing dishes, and not to say, listen, if that's what you do, you make great money, you love it, great. But for me, it was just like I should, I could have stayed at Luigi's. I mean, they, they closed, but I would have been the environment. I think makes it a lot different. I like to be in a. It's not so much about the money, but the people. Man, people make the job a lot of times. It's not so much about the money. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're spending, you know, forty hours a week with the, with these people. You know, it's good to get along with them and, and have some kind of a personal connection. Otherwise, yeah, it's just a, you know, every day just becomes a bore and a chore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not laughing with anybody or, you know, like at Luigi's, you're in there with the cooks, they're back and forth, they're this, that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a fun, it was a fun environment to be in. But like I said, yeah. in the, in the, in the, the older folks home, it just, like I said, it was really quiet, you know, no music playing, you know, it's just, like I said, it just wasn't what I wanted to be, that's all. Well, I mean, plus too, like, I mean, it, that's like, there's legit, you're waiting on zombies, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. Like you're there, like you're working with like robots and, and they're waiting on zombies. So that's a tough gig, man. Yeah. yeah I'm really. with you. My, uh, we, we had a couple of people that were on the show that had worked at retirement homes and they had said like, yeah, it's, it's the worst. So, all right, nice. So let's keep this moving then. So after you left the retirement home, then you started working as a subcontractor, uh, for a cable business, right? Correct. Okay, so what year was this around? Was this like the early two thousands? Actually, it was ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. So right before two thousand. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. This so was, this was like, cable in its heyday. Exactly. This is, so this like, is cable. Yes, cable in its so heyday. You, so, so like you're you have like so you're kind of switching people from dial up, switching people from dial up to cable or whatever, right? To like a cable modem. Is that kind of what's going on? Correct. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't switching anything. I, I was. I was the guy you didn't want to see. You know, I, I was the guy coming. Oh. So if you didn't pay your cable bill, then you get you would get paid by how many blocks you put on the cable line. So you would go up on the cable line, and if you wanted HBO or so on and so forth, you would have to take these these locks off of off of the cable line. So that's how you would start from stealing cable. So because the HBO and all this stuff was all premiums. So basically, if someone didn't pay. Now they cut off your cable, whereas though then it would be they would just take away certain channels from you, and that's how they would do it. So we would with um, with ladders, and we would go around in people's yards, and then they would kick us out of yards. They got dogs. So it was crazy. You got a ladder. You got to run. It's almost like a, like if you're a repossession man yeah. or someone's going after cars, yeah. like, you're messing with like even though they're like, yeah, you haven't paid for it. People get fucking angry, and some people have weapons. So so and the funny thing about it is that like, but it's like. It's like a hustle. Like guys, like yo, man, yo, listen, I'll give you twenty dollars. Like, just skip mine. Like, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> you're like, listen, 
if I leave this on, it's like it's $2 per per lock you put on. So if a guy comes and says, I'm going to give you 20 to skip me, I mean, that's what, an 800% markup? Yo, give me <laughs> <laughs> for the next house, right? So <laughs> you would go to, you would get paid per pole you would climb and do. But the craziest thing is that I didn't like heights. So here I am with a ladder, <laughs> uh, right? And and like again, like you said, and you're you're literally it's it's like literally you get out of the truck, you got four guys, get out of the truck, you got ladders, and you go in different directions, right? And you got a chart, and you're looking at the chart, who you cut off, who you cut on, whatever case may be, but. The thing about it is the more you do in a short period of time, the more money you make. So you hope to get up onto a building, onto a pole, and there's like five lines up there because it's like, oh, boy, that's like 10 bucks right there, right? Or you go, oh. It's the apartment buildings are the best. You walk in, it's like 80, 80 apartments. You just go down and click them. Blah, 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 go down. Then you can make a whole bunch of money. So like you would kind of fight to get those kind of things. But again, like you said, do you imagine cutting somebody's cable off and they catch you? I mean, oh, yeah. It, you were not you were not favored by a lot of people, you know what I mean, when things like that happen. But it's high, it's Tyson versus Holy Fields about to start. Somebody comes out like, "Are you seriously cutting off my head?" Well, and you know, that's when they get you at a time, you know, when a premium something that was going to happen. I mean, that was like the prime time, like to get you to pay your we cable, which people don't realize. Like, for instance, for a fight, like a Holyfield Tyson fight, where you you order that fight, right? And the cable people and the companies they pay the fighters that night, but they don't. Get the revenue for them to the next cycle. So basically, if you order a fight today, they don't get their money to your next statement. So they're actually in the red until they get yeah. their money. So if you watch the fight and then don't pay your cable bill, it's a problem. So what they'll do is back then is they will cut your cable off prior. They're going to like, if you want to watch the fight, I know you didn't pay for it before ah. or afterwards. So they can make sure that we went out. Like if the Tyson fight in November, you can forget in November, everybody's getting cut off. You know what I mean? You see? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, yeah, that's you, fascinating. Yeah, they they know they know when. I mean, now they can do it from from a center, but back then, I mean, you would have areas where you would go into, and they'd be like, "Look, it's a big prime area, big fight area, whatever." A lot of people not paying their cable bill. You cut them all off, and then that's what you, because before that, you would have cable to one house to the next, and people would split it, and they would just take their cable line and split it into yours, and you wouldn't get such good quality, but you could watch it. It was kind of like, it was like stealing the cable. So they yeah. could block, so the block would stop the person from doing it, and stop you from cutting it. You know what I mean? Ooh. On ah. areas where you see the cable running from one to the next, you know what I mean? They just cut them down and make sure you get it. Oh, yeah, it would make it really inconvenient. I mean, it, it, was, it was a crazy job to have, especially back then. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got you. Damn. Cable. You got like people coming after you. Like, look yeah. at it, if I like plus two, I mean, well, you know, they kind of had to know it's coming too, right? Like they know it's paying your bill. No, but you know what? I mean, but again, people look everyone's like last minute, you know what I mean? But I mean I, th- I told my mom, I think you bring everything under the sun. You know what I mean? They called you every name possible, you know what I mean? Your mom's you son of a bitch, you did it because again, <laughs> you're you're inconveniencing them, or it's it's always I'm about to go pay it, or I was going to go pay it, or I'm just like, look, I'm just, I'm doing my job, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that was a that was a job that was like, I mean, it was, it was fun and adventurous, but uh, I don't wish that upon anybody because nowadays, I man, you'll get shot. You go in somebody's yard now, cut cut a line off there. You know, it's, it's a totally different. Uh, well, it's all digital now. Now there's just somebody behind a computer hitting the enter key, and it's like, all right, now your cable's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you 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 pay your cable bill, it's on in 30 seconds. You you don't pay it it's off in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's funny though how like splitting cable is still a thing. Like 
I guarantee we all share a Netflix or something password with someone. Am I right? Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. so, so some kind of thing. So I know like I'll trade them. So like I have, like I have, I have Netflix, I have HBO go and I have Disney. So I'll trade them with someone for their Hulu or for their Amazon prime. <laughs> you know, you know right. what I mean? So yeah. it's like, all right, you can get my HBO Go, but don't give it to anybody else. And then, you know, give me your whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I need you log in my, my, my Hulu when I am too, because then they limit it at two people or they make you pay for four. And you're like, look, if you log in, you give it to your home and you're both logged in, then I'm logged out. Now it's my line. I can't even get on to watch what I want to watch. You yeah. Know? And then you got to cut, <laughs> then you got to cut all of them off and then you got to change it and do it. Yeah. So then yeah. you, so you're doing your same thing again and you're not even getting paid for it. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> yep, this is true for sure. Dude. Oh man, crazy the digital world now, right? So I'll tell you this too. Do you remember going? So, like, speaking of memory lame, do you remember the dial ups? Did you guys have dial up internet? Oh, yeah. Yes. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Dude, it took uh, like, yeah, you had to wait like 10 minutes just to download one tit. You're like, oh, come on, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's going to be home any minute now. <laughs> you sit, you've been sitting there with your dick in your hand. You're like, oh, what are you going to do? It's like a line at a time going down the screen. You're like, oh my God, is that a nipple? Ah, yeah, ah. Yes. yeah. God forbid oh, they just somebody, somebody called you. I mean, you've, you've, you've oh. called you more of a dial up. Oh man, you just, you want to lose your favorite grandma. You're like, really? Yeah. Like, right yeah. now? Like, you know, it's my You're prime like, time. <laughs> don't call me you don't call me, bro. yeah yeah you're like you know it's after school and it's before 4 30 you know the time yeah right yeah you know, my I home. You know i got an hour and a half by myself i need <laughs> 10 minutes i got about four times to log on and log out what are you doing right yeah yeah <laughs> fuck it a telemarketer calls you're like you know what you just ruined you yeah. bastard i was yeah, yeah, so yeah. close <laughs> you're definitely yeah. not getting the business now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. So yeah, screw dial up. That's a fucking lame dial up for sure. But yes, then yeah. 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 All right. So nice. So let's keep on trekking then. So this is what I want to get into next. So you left from the subcontractor for Comcast, which that's fascinating. And you explained it really well. I didn't know that like how it how it went down, like it like a major fight would affect a major industry. Like cable industry is a major industry. So like they know like, all right, this is coming. Like, let's start cracking here, here. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that's fascinating that, and that's how like sport moves things. You know what I mean? Like right. a major you, sporting about it, right? If they, if, if they tell you, if Mayweather signs a deal, just hypothetical today, if he signed a deal for a hundred million dollars, right? And it's on the dotted line. They're on that for $100 million, right? Plus whatever back incentive he has, right? There's no guarantee he's going to make that revenue back. So basically, they're basically selling. They're selling that ahead of time. But let's just say he doesn't get the pay-per-view buys that they want, right? You know, But yeah. they still at the end of the night, they cut his check. But when you get your cable bill, you don't pay your cable bill until the following month. So in reality, yeah. the total numbers of how many buys or whatever, they come that day, but they don't actually get their money. So they're like I said. So they're in the red until they yeah. get their. So basically, they're on the hook for that kind of stuff. So it's Damn. it's a, easy from how the accounting world. Yeah, from the accounting world, that's what we call accrual basis accounting. So so once you have it on paper that you're owed the money, then you book the revenue and you say I have this revenue, and then until like you and and then if it's not paid within so many days, then they take it away. It's called bed debts. They're like okay, so here's your revenue, and then here's your bed debts. 
Right. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's it's, uh, it's 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 amazing to see and how they how they actually do that. Like you know, they make these deals with people ahead of time, and then again, like you said, you don't even know whether or not. I mean, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of times they'll have things where like a fight that's supposed to happen, and then the guy won't make weight or something. They'll like force it, like, "Yo, we're on the hook for fifty million. You're you're gonna, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. or you're gonna pay the fine and give you the belt up, but this fight's got to go on because if not, I mean, what what do we do? I mean, because they're not gonna say, "Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not getting my money back." You know what I mean? These guys get guaranteed a certain portion of a guarantee. So when you're buying your, yeah. people, you know, something like that ahead of time, you know, like I said, you buy it today, you pay it next month. If they don't get their money, so a fight like that or something along the lines, they would take your cable and block it before the big fight. If you're like two months past, they're like, well, look, you're not going to pay it next month. So we're going to block you off now in hopes that you paid in that month because you want to watch Tyson fight or whatever it was back then. Do you know what I mean? That was kind of fun. That's how they would get you. So they, they knew when to when, uh, really, really uh, crank it up and turn them, turn them cable lines off. I mean, I can see that, too, because think, too, like, especially in that era, the late 90s, I know, like, you know, WrestleManias and all that stuff yeah. that, like, oh, yeah. people are buying the, buying the shit out of that, you know? Like, well, there was, like, all crazy. kinds of cool stuff on, like, pay-per-view back in the day. There was, like, Disney on Ice. Like, there would be, like, concerts. Yeah. There'd be stand-up comedians. Like, you know, yeah. whatever was big. Yeah. Plus, too, well, like, if you're – so if you're cutting off the cable, that also means, like, they can't watch – like, say if the Super Bowl is coming up, if you cut off their cable, then they can't watch the Super Bowl either, right? Well, I think back I think back then they could – um, you could watch the Super Bowl, but believe it or not, if you think about it, even the back, years? The, yeah, the, yeah, they, they, you know, because a lot of stuff was on like a regular NBC, or ABC. Oh, or okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three ten and whatever. Yeah, yeah, three ten and twenty nine. I think it was in fifty. Yeah. it was back then. Um, yeah, there was really no major fights back then, like February. They always would do it like in like May and November. Um, they did it like different portions of the time. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't really recall ever Tyson ever fighting in February. I mean, maybe then I just don't, you know. But you know, the, the big fights they normally would have them usually in the early spring uh, and like the late winter. Like the big major fights are usually like you know eight to ten months apart, and they, they yeah. so much. Forever. And back then, you know, to go around and sell a fight would take so much. Like nowadays, you know, you post a fight, millions of people get it in seconds. Where back then, you know, to promote something took a whole lot. HBO, they, you know, remember you used to get. The, uh. You get the book sent to your house with like the channels and like the shows, the books. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, the TV guy. Yeah, the yeah, TV guy. Excuse me, that's what I was for. Yeah, stuff like that. Where like you know now they don't do that kind of stuff. So I back feel then, like one of my pastimes was going through the TV guide and highlighting what I'm going to watch. I'm like, all right, yeah. Power Rangers all day <laughs> on Saturday. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's, that was that's like last week too. I'm like, there we go, Power Rangers marathon, 36 sweet. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Sure, that's crazy, dude. That's nuts, man. That's fascinating. I mean, you know, when big events like that, though, they still shake the world, right? Like, obviously, we saw it, and it's, I, I mean, the promotion of it is, you know, that's why, like, you can say what you want about WWE, but as far as promotion goes, no one beats them. They're the best. They promote, like, son of bitches. So, uh, all right, so let's keep it moving then. So I want to track down, or I want to go over the next one. So you left being a subcontractor for a cable provider and you went and you were a trash man. Now this, this is interesting. So you were in Philadelphia. There's a major trash company. We won't say who it is. We all know who they're talking about. Uh, you know, just think of the initials for the Ben Franklin Institute. So, uh, <laughs> so um, either way. So uh, Malik here worked. 
Go ahead, Pete. This is in the city proper, so is this all commercial? Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I, 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 the suburbs. I, did I, I was residential. Either way, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Malik here worked as a trash man. So, Malik, can you kind of explain to – so people really don't know. Like, obviously, this is something that – and this is exactly what we want on this show, where I've seen a trash man a million times. Pete, everybody here has seen the trash man at work. They've seen it and smelled the trash trucks, like the whole gimmick. We've all seen it. We've all done it. I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch them like pull the lever and it would bring up. I wanted the trash to pull that lever so bad when I was oh. a kid. I was like, what is that? Let me pull that. I wanted to pull the lever. I wanted to ride the back. <laughs> Come on. It was the best, right? So, Malik, can you kind of explain what is a day like and what's your. So, uh, so can you kind of explain what is a day like as a trash man and then what was your weekly schedule like? Oh God, trash man is gotta be the blue collar, blue collar man's job. And I'm telling you that in the sense of, so you gotta figure, first of all, you smell like shit all day, right? Like all day, day, your your sense of smell is is gone because everything just blends the same. Um, But I mean, just imagine getting up in the morning, like, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, right? You gotta get on a truck by five, um, you know, and and if you're on the back of the truck, you're on the back of the truck. You're riding on the back of the truck with somebody. It's, you know, the worst is like, listen, trash, you don't take off, right? So when it's raining, it's snowing, the bad weather, you're starting to throw in trash. It doesn't matter. You don't you don't yeah. get to yeah. right? So the thing about it is people think of trash as it's trash. So to them, throwing trash, is like, you just do trash out. Like, people don't put trash out neatly. They don't care, right? Go to his house. You know, they got, they got trash inside the can. They got anything and everything inside the can because it's trash to them, right? Bags around it, everything. Oh, and there's liquid well, and it's... Oh. I mean, you know what I mean? You don't know how many trash cans I've opened up. I'm not, I opened them up and it could be like um, like deer head or something like you don't even expect to be... Oh, in. my God. <laughs> everything they throw, they just put it on top of their dead animals because, again, to us as Americans, right, the trash is just the trash. So like, that's just where it goes. I don't want it in my house. Right. And like now you see guys come out where like now, I mean, they, they do have the the one man trucks where they can come out and grab your can and dump it themselves or whatever, which is a lot more convenient, you know, per se. It takes away jobs for the, for the helpers, unfortunately. Yeah. Like when I was doing like you throw every can. So if you're out and you got 400 cans a day to throw, you throw 400 cans a day. You know what I mean? It's just this is what is what you do. But again, like I said, snowing out, raining out, you're you're. If it's raining, you're you're wet in the first five minutes of your day. But you got twelve hours of that. She boots well, luckily you're in the Philadelphia area where we never have snow, we don't have hot summers, and yeah. it doesn't rain ever. <laughs> yeah, never at all. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's, it's, it's like it's like Arizona weather all day long. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a very it's a very brutal job. Uh, I I just funny when I before I left there. Um, a, a friend of mine actually, he wanted to go out on a Friday. And the thing about it is with the trash, you never know your day. So you can never plan anything because you don't know what's out there, right? When you get out there, you don't, you can have 400 cans, you know, or 600 cans that day, but you don't know when you get out there. This is like one day a week is a bulk. Uh, day. So you don't so, know if it's going to be a late day or not. Right. You have no idea. It's like you, you, you anticipate it once you know your route. But now, yeah. like, wait, wait. So hold on. So what do you, what do you mean? So, I thought the routes are the same, like you're like, cause my day is the same to take out the trash. So wouldn't the same guys go on that route every time or no? Yes. How does that work? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, so, so you have five or six days, whatever you're running. Right. So let's just say Tuesday, you're in a particular area. Let's just give lands of the area. Right. But what I'm saying yeah. is that you don't yeah, know when you get out, when you get out on the road, right. You have no idea how much trash is out there. 
right? So if you start at five, you got four in cans. Well, if it's say, say it's Tuesday and Tuesday's your bulk day, you can get out there throwing cans, couches out there, everything can be out there. Right? So you know, you're throwing all this stuff and you don't know what your day is going to be like because you know what I mean? Houses you have, but you don't know, right? So you can have light days, bulk days or whatever. What if you, everyone's heavy, right? And then you're out, you're throwing all the trash and you got to go to the dump three times in one day. So that's stopping your route, leaving your route, going to the dump, dumping, coming back to the area, oh. doing it all over again. Like all the trash doesn't fit in the truck in one day. Yeah, people don't realize that. Like, oh, wow. it's not this magic. It's, it's not like Narnia. You're just pushing the trash further back into this wonderful, magical world. Right. Yeah, but people think that. So when you're hitting them levers, that's so you can compact that trash. You can get more and more yeah. in. Well, once a trash compactor gets full, no matter where you are. So if you're in Lansdale and the dump place is in Buck into the free home of the brave. Right. right. Yes. You 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 gotta take that dump and take it to Buckingham and drop it off there and come back. You go to dumps are not everywhere, so you gotta go to where the dump is, you know, pressure or wherever. So depending upon where you are, you have to go to that. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a specific dump that you can like if you work for this trash company, you can only go to this dump? Is that kind of the thing or can you go so anywhere? So the one, well, you you could, but back then, usually the dumps companies had like dump areas they would go to. So if you were in King of Pressure, they have you go to a certain dump, and if they didn't own it, they had a contract with those dumps or whatever the case may be. But it yeah. just depends. And there's nothing worse than being on your route, right? And let's just say you got 40 houses left, right? It's Friday, you want to get done, but you can't yeah. put no trash in there. Now you got to. Uh, uh, happy hour is calling. You're like, I know four o'clock. Appetizers right. are half off and half price drinks, but there's 40 more fucking ounces to go. Yeah, right. Oh. And then and then and then and then you're like, are you serious? Right. So then you gotta go back and do that. And like, you know, lunchtime, make everything's a hustle with, with, yeah. with the track. You're always you're on the go. Like you'll get a neighborhood, and like most guys are getting a neighborhood and they won't even get on the truck, they'll just run the neighborhood because it's like it's time to jump on, jump off, jump on, jump off, jump yeah. on, jump. You know what I mean? So it's like, and back then you're throwing every can. Like now, I guess they because you put it on the toter, the, the flip the toter up yeah. in the trash back in the trash um, truck. It's too much time. You know, you had a, you had a strategy of hitting it on your leg, your knee, bumping it on there, putting it on there, flipping it, taking the top, dumping it, putting it back down. And you know, was that it was at this yeah. time in his life, Malik realized that he hated Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing worse than there's nothing there's nothing worse than in Christmas time or after Christmas with the tree. Stuff. But I'm going to tell you, man, like if you had a good route, you could rack up tips for Christmas because the people ah. the tips are very, there's no better tip. I don't think in the blue collar industry, besides obviously in the restaurant business, we get tipped all the time. Yeah. Then then trash man, because the trash man, you think about it, if you really care about your trash man, you know, you're the person that puts out a bunch of trash. If every house that you get right throughout the whole week. Every house that you get gives you ten bucks. Now most people give you fifty to hundred right. bucks, but let's say each oh, house sure. gives you ten dollars, right? You're doing four hundred houses a day. You know what I mean? Five days a week. You know what I mean? You could really kill Christmas. I mean, it, it really. You, could, uh, you know what I mean? And then and then you're getting paid up front because you're getting you're getting the Christmas money on Christmas, and then it's the next week is when all the uh, the trash comes out and. Right. So, so the funny oh, part wow. about it, if you notice now, I don't I don't know for you guys, like, but now like I know my trash man's name, and every year now it's funny. The the the, the thing to do now is the trash man is you give your customer a card with your name and it's saying thank you for a great season. The my name is Noah or whatever your name is, and they even put like their Venmo or Cash App in there so that you can do because everything about convenience. So like every year now they get the, the companies give them cards with their name in them and they stick those cards in your trash can so that you know so 
around Christmas, December, like right around Thanksgiving, they start giving you and putting those cards on your trash can. So, because I'll see the trash man, but you wave, but now you know their name, you know their Venmo, you know everything yeah. about they're doing so it's it's a way for them to, to to make the money but i don't care when anybody says me they they don't pay enough man they don't they don't oh yeah you know it's like it's just like being a teacher right you, you just don't pay enough for the aggravation of what you go through um in a trash bin because like i said this man and my buddy had to come help me one time he wanted to go out he had to come help me literally i was like i, I have like two houses left he wanted to go to, the, to high school football game afterwards and he's like y'all want to go watch the game to the so he literally had this trash guy drop him off on my truck. I was so beat. He literally told me to get in my truck. He still does trash this day. Get in the truck. He finished up route. Like it was, he just did his whole route and came over. And he just completely embarrassed me. I mean, I couldn't throw another can. I had nothing left. <laughs> he just ran that route like it was nothing. Just dumped every can in my hand. I mean, some guys are just built for it. They can just they can just do it, man. It's funny because yeah. that was back then. I mean, and he still runs, he still runs trash to this day. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. Mm. Do yep. you think that do you think there's long-term damage to your sense of smell from that job? Like your buddy who's been running trash that long, like his sense of smell just must be just gone, right? I, I mean, I, I would I would think it I would think things would have to clash at some point because I because like you always smell like you always smell like uh like a gutter like a, it's like a real dingy like taste all like all the time. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. Like but do you think beer. it really smelled like that, or do you think it was in your head, or do you think it was the actual smell? Dude, oh, we've all this, been in the alley in the summer. In the alley in the summer on trash day, fucking forget it, man. Yeah. That's yeah. toxic. Think, think about it like this, right? So once a trash truck stinks, right? They don't go wash it. Right? So <laughs> <laughs> not, they don't go and get yeah, it. No, they're not you know taking it mean? to the car wash. Like, all right, we. No, I mean you literally you you would literally bring like bleach bottle from like your house and just dump it in there just to dilute some of the smell when you're on that truck because you're just tired of smelling the same thing and then you end up not smelling it, but then you always you always notice that like oh, at least back then now it's a little different, but back then you knew a trash man because you could almost smell the trash coming off, you know, off the person from their clothes. Oh, so you could smell other trash men when they were on work and you're like, oh, all right, this guy's oh, on the job no. right now. Yeah, right, right, right. You, you, you know, you get home for the trash man, you take your clothes off at the door. I mean, you definitely put oh. the door, you put your clothes, you know what I mean? You wash them right away because I mean, that, that smell being in your house on a hot day, I mean, going out, oh. your, you know what I mean? They're, they'll kill you with that kind of smell. I know my wife would. Oh, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Justifiably so. That's just yeah. the, the worst. Yeah. So, man. So, okay. So, I do want to ask. There is a stigma with the trash men and the trash company that – they help out a certain uh, section of the population known as organized crime. Have you ever seen or <laughs> witnessed or heard anything like that with the trash, the trash companies? <laughs> I know. No, I was told that another competitor of the company I work for, um, I think they're controlled by them to a certain degree. Um, I think they have. Oh, some wow. And then, um, and, and and which is why they're they're so big and worldwide the way they are. Um, I have not witnessed it because it's way way above my pay scale and way above the people that I encounter. But I do know um, that the money that's funneled from the top down, you know, um, I think is not completely completely all legit. But um, and <laughs> so 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 funneled over that you you wouldn't know. But the people who know, they know. I mean, we always say where the smoke is fire, right? So that room. Yeah from nowhere that wasn't just made up and if it was it would be dead by now yeah. the fact that, that rumor still lingers that um 
you know, the, the, the organized crime still pretty much has the hand in that and which is why they get certain contracts and which is why, yeah. you know, unless you're a township, a lot of things go to a particular company for a particular reason. Um, I, I would think that's because it's kind of forced to, um, I don't know that for sure. I, but know, I, I, know I, yeah. I know in Jersey, there's a lot more private companies in Jersey too. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, we've talked about that enough. Don't want to get whacked. Um, so, <laughs> so, so nice. So, so, okay. So let, I just want to say, so you're working as a trash man. You wake up at what? 4.00 AM and you got to be on the truck ready to go on the road at five. Is that how it went? Yeah. Most times we got to do, and then you get on truck at five, right. And then you leave and you stop at Wawa, get your coffee, whatever, because now you got sound ordinance in most areas where they don't let you go into the neighbors till 6am. Right. Hold so on. Wait, wait, wait. So a sound or so like, uh, so, okay. So say like you live in a certain neighborhood, you're not allowed to make a noise this loud until 6am. So a yeah, truck so because it's loud, isn't allowed in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I so know I do, that was a thing. Yeah, so you'll go like we would go in areas sometime and like we would literally coast to the area. We would dump the trash in the back of the truck. You know, you have your yellow lights on. You now you can't do this. You have your yellow lights on, not even your, your full lights. Um, and you just dump trash in the truck, but you wouldn't run the compactor or nothing like that because of sound ordinance. So basically you couldn't do it until 6 a.m. But you wanted to get started because you had like a long day. So like Wednesday, like your really long day. Um, and typically that back then Wednesday was a long day because you you would do an area where they only got picked up once a week. Right. So back then, oh. you would get like certain companies pick you up twice a week. Right. Now, the big thing is they're going to pick you up one day a week. You can put out whatever you want and they're going to charge you a cheap amount of money. Right. That's what they want to do. Yeah. It was twice a week. So Wednesday, you always be the odd area. You could be somewhere where that area only got picked up once a week. So you want to you go far out you, from like our area. You would go like I'm just using like Buckingham. Right. So you would go way out into that area. But you couldn't really start anything until 6 a.m. because they'll call the police on you for the sound ordinance. You can't have any trucks running during this time. So now, <laughs> wow. You're literally sitting at the end of the block and like literally in like 559, you're like, okay, boom, you go into the neighborhood. But if you were really I want to know who that neighbor is, though, like just waiting to call the cops. Yeah, like, who's who's the that? If, he, if he runs that contract, that contact there at yeah. 659 or 559, yeah. it's done. It's yeah, 557, he, and that bastard just hit the switch for the compactor. Let's call yeah, him. Get yeah, the fuzz out here. Yeah, they you know? do. Like, who is this dude not? They would come outside and, like, scream at you, and you'd be like, and you're the next house I'm about to pick up trash. Like, really? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you're it's like, amazing. bro, bro, I got to pick up your trash. Yeah. And you're going to fucking yell at me? Yeah. yeah. Like, and I mean, how really, many you. Oh, dude, how yeah. many times did you just want to take their can and dump it in their front yard and say, now you take your fucking trash. Yeah. Yeah. Go so, get your uh, fucking shine box. You know, the, the, like the funny the, the funny thing to do would be so it was a big ordeal of like putting cans back up on a curb in a certain area. But when you want to be oh. a, right, you would dump the can, you would just push the can up against the curb. And you know when you push the wheels back, it hits the curb and it falls over, right? Then you yeah. Then they would get upset about that. Your company would call you and be like, oh, I put it up there. Just the wind must have blew it over or whatever, right? And every week you would pull the same excuse till they finally caught on. They're like, no. <laughs> you know I mean? But that, that would be like the thing that would drive you crazy, especially if it was a windy day. You know what I mean? If you, if you do it like that, then it'll blow over and then it'll be down the street or something. Then they got to go pick it up and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's amazing the things you try to do to get back at people being a trash. Hey, man, if they're going <laughs> to be oh, an hey. asshole, it's not like, dude. Like, I don't know how quiet does your neighborhood have to be? Like, I have 
I know there's a lot louder shit in my neighborhood at all hours of the night or all hours of the morning that ain't a trash freaking man. I'll tell yeah. you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's lot. some bullshit. Those people. I had the opposite go- reaction where I, like, uh, for, we, we live on a one way street and the track, the trash truck backs up our street. And when I sometimes I'll, I'll be sleeping, I hear those backup noises. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get the trash out, or I'm gonna be in trouble yeah. again. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my trash guys, I literally hear that they, I live in a cul-de-sac, so I hear them come up, and they always hit like the second compactor coming up the block because they're a one per truck. And like, I'll run out there with my cans or whatever, and those guys, you know, what I mean? and I know, I know the feeling. Like, I literally will like put it up on their thing so they can just dump it in the flip, whatever you put it. I know. Like, I'll give you a trick. When you have a trash can, if you have a recycled trash can or a regular trash can, whatever you do, don't put them side by side connected to each other because they have to separate them. So when you put your trash in the street, ah. make sure there's a space between your cans. So if you have three cans, like two regular and a recycle, put a space in between. So when they go to grab it with the clip, they, they have to move your other can out of the way. So people put them side by side, like close together so they're touching. But now they have to take their forks and move it apart to get it. It's an extra second. So if they can just come up, clip it, grab it, dump it, and go, it's a lot easier. So it's a little trick for people. Wow. So much trash, man. Put a space between your cans. I got to go do that now because my yeah. shit's out there. I got to do that after this. Yo, yeah, yeah. So wait, wait. Together. So, man, Matt, we, so, we, have, we have shitty trash, though. Like, it's a it's a whole different ball game for us. Yeah, shitty oh, trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, just, you, put, you put it where you can find the spot. You put it there. They just clean the block. They, <laughs> that wouldn't fly out here in the, in the Montgomery County area or whatever. That wouldn't fly. But yeah. you know, they come they down. Yeah. Just jump they off the truck, fold it all in, and keep going. Yeah, for sure. They don't. Yeah, they don't care. They're they still spray, they, they still spray paint their cans with the with the number of their house in in the city. Like you know, you yeah, know, yeah. I've had a trash Hell can yeah. stolen. You're like, who steals a trash can? Like, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. He stole my good trash can. My trash can lid it closed and open. This thing was <laughs> open. I don't want this. Like I'm literally like I go down a block and I'm like six twenty five, six twenty six. I'm like, oh, they spray the house number because that's their can. They don't play no games. Like they keep it clean. Oh. You know what I mean, they got good wheels on there. They don't play. They don't play oh hell, dude! I did this, dude. Same exact thing. As soon as I moved in here, I've painted all the cans with our with our number on. I yeah. like yeah. hell no, man. I like especially <laughs> too when it's windy. Windy, some neighbor be like, "Oh, I thought that was my can, mother. You yeah. you didn't even have a can last yeah. week." Like that. You know? Like yeah. so, like dude, you have to. Hell yeah. Plus, dude, yeah. man, if anyone tried to steal my can or my the lid too, if you got a detachable lid, hell, oh freaking kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you gotta do that. It's unfortunate you have to do that, but you know, it's all part of the gig. Trash, so, man, trash is a is a valuable thing, man. Trash cans. People don't realize that you don't have one. Don't have one and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like you yeah. think it's fine at first. Like, oh, I'll just use contractor bags. And then you have that spill. And you're like, you know what? This, oh. It's the trash juice. That's why you need the can. It's the trash juice. Yes, yeah. tra- exactly. It's the, oh, it's the food. Right, exactly. trash juice. It's Is not, there it's anything the worse? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Ugh. Bro, that's something that like on Fear Factor, if they would have had that on Fear yeah. Factor, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have done it. Right, yeah. I ain't drinking hey. trash juice. No, no, I'm not no. Drinking so you have juice. to, uh, you have to eat one 100 donkey dicks or uh, drink one cup of trash juice. Bring on the donkey, come. I'm ready yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm good, donkey dicks for sure. I'm yeah, yeah, right. Hey, looks like it's donkey dicks tonight, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not drinking any of that trash juice. Hell not no, at all. Oh, that's nuts. So, okay. So nice. So then, okay. So your route was, so each day you had a specified route that that was your area. You would go that you wake up at five, 
you get so you would you drive to where the truck is the trucks are at like the the office or the yeah so i would i would wake up and drive i would drive to the base and then um from okay uh, but i wasn't a driver i was a helper because at that at that the company i worked for you had to be 25 because company you need to be 25 to drive so even if you had your cdl you still couldn't drive for them because their insurance company at the time did not let you so yeah on the back of the truck, like, I'm not doing this for the next six years. There's no possible way I'm going to keep doing this for the next six years when I can go drive somewhere. But, yeah, like, you would go there, and then you would load up with your with your driver and um, go up with your driver. And there's nothing worse than you now you go to work and your driver's sick. Now you got oh, you know, driving yeah. you around who doesn't know. And you're in the back of the camera pointing which direction to tell them to turn because they don't know where to go, where to stop. They don't know what to do because it's not their route, right? So they have no idea yeah. what to do. Man. So that's the worst. Like you, you having a bad day, get a rainy day or a snowy day and your driver doesn't come in. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh my God, are you kidding? Oh, your eight no. hour day just became 12 hours just because. Right? Yeah. Oh no, dude, that's a nightmare. So yikes. So, okay. I want to say this. And so you were 19 when you started uh, trash, right? Yes. Like around there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you would, you started boxing like just before then also, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. Okay. So where did you start boxing at? And what did you start at a gym or were you like just training yourself? So, well, actually, I, I actually started, I went, I went down Joe Frazier's gym at first. Um, yeah. Okay. Which is kind of funny. Um, the, one of the fondest memories, or I should say, the only memory, um, because you know they, they had closed. But uh, yeah, I was in there hitting the bag one day, and I, I not paying attention behind me. And this guy comes up and smacks him on the ass real hard and says, "Get that right hand up, boy, and get knocked out every fucking time." And kept walking. I, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, literally it's just, it's, it's, I mean, the only memory is him smacking me in the ass, telling me get my hand up, or I'm gonna get knocked out every time. That's all he said to me. And I'm in awe, like, oh, he just told me get my right hand up. You know, it was, but really. But uh, yeah, so that's where I ended up starting. Wait, that Fra- Frazier did that to you? Yeah. So that <laughs> hand up. Yeah, yeah. Get that right hand up. So, that's right, uh, sir. My, that right hand is up now. I remember. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Yep. On the telephone. And, um, yeah, like, he, you know, he, I mean, you know, somebody like him, you know, keep the right hand up. But um, yeah, so I started there. But the, the problem was, again, with don't being on a trash truck, right? You don't know when you're going to get done. So most gyms in the city, they start at 12, they close at 7. Right. If you're not a pro box, you're not going to go pro. You're not paying for personal training. They're not waiting for you. So get off the track. I five thirty Montgomery County trying to get down to the gym by six o'clock or whatever. Listen, if everybody's done, they're out of there. They're not waiting on you. If you're not paying for personal, they're, they're out of there. So for them, it's more or less about and you're not getting a bunch of one on one work. It's about you want to hit the bag or do this. that. And the other. So you're really going there for the atmosphere, because at that point, you look at like nobody's going to work with you. Like I said, if you're if you're not a prospect, because. Listen, boxing is a poor man's sport. So in reality, guys like that have been training like that, they're not going to keep going and doing things um, for no reason at all. You know what I mean? That's not what they're going to do. So they're not going to keep saying, oh, I'll stay with you and train you for nothing because there's nothing in it really for them. You know, they have to look at the sport enough to just yeah. do it. Um, otherwise, yeah. it doesn't make any sense for them to sit around. So that was one money of the comes first. Yeah, yeah. Money, yeah, money comes in prospects. Money comes first. So, you know, trying yeah. to get – that was my first gym. I went down there. Um and then I went over to James Schuler gym. Um, say, you know, again, same thing. You know, they close at seven. You're not getting in. It just became very difficult. Um, yeah. Well, you're probably also not at your physical best when you're there too. Like after a long day on the truck, getting up there and like yeah. throwing, you know, how many hundred of jabs, hooks. Like it's got to just kill your arms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it does. But you know, a lot of times, what, what I think what people what 
what they miss with the boxing per se is you just the atmosphere is more than just going and I'm not trying to knock a commercial gym or anything like that, but when you're in a commercial gym, the 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 grit of the atmosphere of boxing is not this like pretty pretty thing you see on TV, right? The the grind right. behind totally different so i think when you're in the atmosphere when you're in the gym just being in the gym and hearing that the pad the music the people the atmosphere that alone is priceless you know what i mean agreed, agreed. you can't take that away you know what i mean so just going and being in the gym even if you're doing nothing like as far as like coming a pro having the temper flare guys go at it looks a little yeah, bit harder it's just kind of like this is right. a whole new yeah it's a man's road it's a testosterone when you see like a true yeah when you see like a true pro on the mitts or two guys that are good that can go really sparring and like you're kind of just watching from the side like checking out in a gym where like you know, there's guys in the bag, there's guys drilling, there's guys on the rope, like yeah, all this you know, stuff. Yeah, we, you we see talked that, about it. You Matt, really think yeah. it's yeah. Go ahead, Pete. Well, it, it, just because it was on Pretty Ricky's podcast, we talked about that that one time when we, you know, you Matt was sparring with a guy, getting him ready for a fight, and the guy drops Matt with a uh, with a body shot. There's no, hey, Matt, are you all right? It was roll Matt out of the gym. Somebody else get in there. He still has to have his, his three minutes, or you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. training, the training didn't stop. Yeah. So, so yeah, what had happened was Malik is that this is when, uh, uh, Henzo Gracie's was at the Hatfield athletic club and there was this guy, Joe, he was a prison guard at greater fur. He's probably like six, four, like two sixty, pretty solid. And we were smart. So we had set up a circuit where you're in the ring with me, then you go from being in the ring with me, then you're on the mat with Rich. Then you go from being on the mat with Rich and you're against the wall with Doug. And then you go from there to like you're doing a conditioning drill. Then you go from there, you're doing power and then like you and whatever. Right. So I'm like, we're going through the circuit and we had gone through it the first time. And I remember I had smoked Joe with this like left hook and I like crushed him right and i was yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like the first time going through <laughs> and then the second time going through we came back around and i guess he remembered and <laughs> so like we we're getting he was like he was pressing on me we we're against the ropes and i came with this like like uh this like heavy right hand and he went under it and he hit me with the body shot and burrow it was like i was like huh, huh, oh no yeah. <laughs> you know how it is and then they're then they were like, we but, can't break up the rhythm of the circuit. Yeah. Pete, we don't want to stop the clock. You finish the round. You yeah. know? And I was like, Fuck. Yeah. So yeah. So that's how yeah, that's how that went. So yeah, the body shots are the worst. But so all right. So either way, so let's keep this moving. So that was some fascinating stuff about the trash route, man. Really thanks a lot for sharing. And that's like an industry that we really haven't been able to get into yet. And that's kind of like a close off thing. You don't see many trash men, like I mean, you know, I mean, at least I haven't talked to many. I wish I could talk to more. All right, fans, time for breaking the action to bring back one of our favorite segments. This is Give It a Shot with our good friend, Bob Quinn. If you're sick of wasting time serving on a streaming service and finding nothing, then going to another streaming service and doing the same damn thing, then you need to start giving shit a shot. On this segment, Bob Quinn will give us some suggestions on what to watch so you stop wasting time surfing and start enjoying those subscriptions that you're stealing. Bob, give us a shot. Coming at you today with the new one, Eurovision on Netflix, featuring Will Fell, Rachel McAdams, Pierce Brosnan, Mr. 007 himself, with a runtime about two hours and three minutes. This movie's just fun, everybody. What I'm saying is, give it a shot. All right, that was Give It a Shot with our good friend Bob Quinn. Now, back to the show. 
So uh, now I want to move on from being, you work from being a trash man to now you're a contractor for the post office. Is that right? Correct. So, okay. So can you kind of explain what, what were, what was your job here? So what were your responsibilities with this job? And like, what kind did you provide to the, the customer? Like what kind of things would you, were you providing to the customer? So go ahead. All right. So being a contractor for the post office is a little different, right? So, you know, residential, your mailman comes around the mail truck, right? They put the mail in your mailbox, right? But yep. behind the scenes, what people don't know is the bulk of the mail is actually moved by contractors. So basically, when you get your mail and put it in a mailbox and they collect your mail, right? Or you put your mail at the post office, right? The There's contractor trucks that come to the post office and they have big, huge carts, right? And they dump first class mail in something, second class, whatever. And they push that onto the back of a truck and they take that all the way down to distribution, which would be 30th City Station, Southeastern or whatever. And, dis- and they distribute it from there, right? They break it apart. So they have runs throughout the day. So, you know, you'll run in, a, in the morning from like 6 a.m. to like 9 a.m. Then like around 12, they call it a hot run. That'd be like your... If you say something like priority, right? And you're like, oh, it'll get there in two days, whatever. Well, the reason why I can get there is because a contractor's coming, picking it up from Lansdale Post Office and in the middle of the day, they're running it down. They're moving it faster. Like, so the first class mail gets moved a certain way, then priority mail, so on and so forth. First, So when they do that, they have, it's called a hot run. So a hot run would be, every post office would say like, every day at 12, right, E-E- you're going to have a hot run. So if you get there between 9 a.m. and 12, they can tell your, your mail's going to get there the next day because you've made it before then. If not, if it's after 12, that's when they'll say it'll get there in two days. So that's how they can predict when it's going to get there because of the time you drop it off, depending oh. on the mail's going to go out. But that's not, the post office is not the people who are actually picking that up. Now, they do come and do that, but it's so much mail they bid they bid out contracts and bidding out the contract is companies come in they're like listen we're gonna basically pick up the mail so like Lansdale post office right there's a contract for you home yes they land there's, there's, <laughs> there's a contractor who comes there and picks up a bulk of their mail and takes it down to where it needs to go it's it's actually it, it's a it's a very sweet job um to be honest with you being a contractor um because you're not, you, most of us on wheels, right? You're just pushing it on the back of the truck. Yeah. You're off yeah. up, goes off to the next, picking up the stuff, taking it down, right? So it's, it, I mean, back then, even contractors, I mean, it, it paid good money back then. I mean, even back then, God, I was paying like over 20 bucks an hour. I'm talking like back then, you know, you know, education. Oh, yeah. damn. That's right. Now the, and the, that, now, is, is that considered a government job or is it like government no, adjacent? This is why, this is. This was to keep pension costs down, I'm guessing, but <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, and benefits too, right? Because you're not better, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. They paid you what I consider back then for blue collar. They paid you top dollar because they yeah. for your benefits. They weren't paying for your pension, right? So, and they yeah. the company were actually paying you for that stuff or whatever. But the, the downside to it is, um, if you work split shift, which I can't stand, I can't stand working like six to nine and then coming back at two to like four, right? Because yeah, like, uh, when your day's done, you want your day to be done. Yeah, I lived in Hatfield and it was in Southeastern, so I oh. would go from in the morning, go down there, and then if I had a run between six and nine, but then I had a hot run at twelve, then. In reality, I'd have to stay there, sleep in my car, because by the time I would get done, drive to Hatfield and then drive back, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't. Okay? So if you got done at nine, your hot runs at twelve. I mean, you're literally sitting in your car and your truck, and you sleep there until the next run. Um, uh. at two o'clock, you. So really, 
the day was so long because you, again, you're either sleeping in your truck or in your car, or whatever, waiting for the next run. Oh, that's so good. So so sometimes you would you would you would have a good wear though. You'd be like the hot run, like twelve o'clock run, and then the four o'clock run. So you would kind of get a straight way through. But most times you right. have the morning run because you're cause now mind you, you're taking the mail to the post office too and dropping it off, right? So you know more. Right, they take it to the post office. They they take it in. They sort all the mail. They put it in the cubbies for each of the post office people. Then they put it together, put it in their back, their truck, and send it out. So you have to go and drop it off in the morning and and bring it back in the afternoon. You know what I mean? So the job and, and it's and it's a lot of pressure with time because yeah, you're behind in time, right? So if you got to be there by twelve o'clock. You can't get out of the yard later than what you're supposed to because you're behind 1205, whatever. Like you're messing up the time frame. So it was like being like a UPS guy, like the time Jeez. be there. But it was um I mean it was a job that honestly I would probably kept that if that job was a straight eight-hour job straight all the way through. Um yeah, be that job, you know, no matter how old you are, because again, it's not physically taxing, it's more mentally because you're just like, oh my god, I gotta sit here and do what am I gonna do? But somebody will go to school or something, they could it, it would be great for them because they could do school. What? what were yeah what were the years you were doing it so like it's not like you could during this break that would happen from 9 to 12 it's not like you could pull out your cell phone and watch youtube or whatever no, like you're no, legit no. just sitting there twiddling your thumbs like fuck come on right yeah, like yeah yeah i mean the phone i mean heck i mean you gotta figure that was that was before even the regular like razor flip phones i mean you're talking yo, you know, remember back when you were so texting one, two, three, one, one, three, three. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, you know what I mean? I guess so, I'll uh, read Sports Illustrated again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you take books, and and the, and the problem with the problem with reading and books in the trucking industry is, you know, books most times relax most people, right? So you, but you, you don't want to relax, and then you don't want to drink tons of coffee and be wired and can't relax. You know what I mean? So you're like kind of stuck in between of like, what do you, yeah. what do you, you know what I mean? You run away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I said, your your time to me is money, right? So anytime yeah. you're, home, you're literally working, if you're sitting for three hours, you're not home, you're not free. So you're literally right, working, yeah. paid for that time. You know what I mean? You're sitting around. Yeah. And paid. And then, so that twenty dollars an hour seems good. nice, but when you spread it over the hours that like you're technically not working, really, but you are. Exactly. You're not. Yeah. Exactly. So like I said, like now I know now I think it's a little different. I know they have a little bit more consistency, like. With the guys that do well, they got to keep up with Amazon and shit too. Exactly. Now, so. Right. So now it's you know the post office, the, the competition is so ridiculous, and we're such a immediate gratification country. Whereas though, when you want it and you can get it tomorrow, I mean, you gotta keep up with the time. So someone like Amazon yeah. or someone puts the post office under so much pressure of just yeah. you know having to get things there and reasonable amount of money and time. You know, it's, it's a lot. I mean, they really change the industry as far as like uh, the mail industry for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, now uh, people get packages delivered from Amazon and the amount of time it took us to download that one kit back in like 1997. Yeah. By the time you get to the nipple, you've already like you ordered it at noon and it's here by seven and you're like, Oh man, I'm even not even the lower part of the nipple yet. This is great. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Hours, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, no you probably had 10 hours to order, but they put you in the window saying there's three left and if you order the next two hours it'll be here tomorrow you're like oh, click i need it i'm gonna be <laughs> yeah. dude that that's honestly that's the first thing i look at when i'm ordering something is the, the like the price obviously but the delivery also Prime, yeah, so, yeah. like <laughs> if it's delivered that day but now that like that's the secret though if you're not if if they say it'll be delivered that day but it's after 12 then they're fucking probably lying to you 
right? Like yeah, it's yeah. usually like ah. if you order before noon, you have the hot run, but usually the hot run is the, they're probably lined yet, you know? Yeah, I mean they, they give you time frames, and it depends on what what distribution is coming out of and where they got it coming from. So there's so many different. I mean, there's so many different ways and cycles of the way they, they do things or whatever. But to them, it's like if it's in stock and it's in a warehouse and in an area they can get it to you, that becomes prime, right? So now when yeah. you put prime, it's like oh, I, I can get this right away. Then the other ones, it's it's it, it, they have it in the warehouse, but the warehouse is you know a couple states over, a couple of days to get to you. So then they give yeah. week or whatever to get to you. I mean, they they, they do an excellent job in and and making sure that they get you where they can get you. You know what I mean? Uh, I've actually studied uh, a lot about Amazon, but uh, yeah, just the way they do their marketing scheme and their marketing skills are just unbelievable. I mean, so oh, they're top notch, man. They're they're number one for a reason. Yeah, they change. That's they, my my, my wife. She works for an online retailer. She's a recruiter. They're always she's always stealing warehouse people from Amazon. <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, I mean, you know, big wigs make the money. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 hey, I, I think I think now Amazon. I'm not lying. I have I do have a friend who works for Amazon, and and listening to him, I think Amazon is like the new trash company. Like it's a, such a hustle. I mean, literally, you have packages and you have a time frame to be there and get it to yep. them. And you know, if you don't get your Amazon package the next day, you're supposed to. It's a problem. I mean, you're really. Oh. That's why they have those uh, the the pee jugs, right? Where like people are scared to go to the bathroom because they have to fill up their order so fast, so they're just peeing in jugs and leaving them yep. throughout the uh, the warehouse. Jesus yep. Christ! Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. So, mm -hmm. damn. So okay. So so that being said, we're gonna talk more about that later with your other ventures, Malik. But I want to get into this now. So. Uh, after so this kind of almost led you into because this is i mean you you're you're a contractor for the post office but you're you're literally delivering mail right yeah. so that kind of got you into your next job which was pete do you know rosenberger's deli or rosenberger's wow. dairy sorry dairy. absolutely so that's some fine so, iced tea they serve there that, you're damn right <laughs> fucking a rosie dude a half gallon rosies was the that was the gimmick that was a must-have every day so <laughs> Our boy Malik here was a delivery driver for Rosenberger's Dairy. So, Malik, what was this like? What were it, so like? What time would you have to be there? What was the route like? Can you kind of explain like how did this work? Yeah. So, so first of all, Rosenberger's Dairy, when it was owned by the Rosenbergers themselves, it was an unbelievable company. I, I will tell you, I did You didn't get paid much of nothing, um, but. <laughs> I mean, as far as taking care of you, I mean, there's not a company that I don't think that ever personally took care of you the way they took. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, they really good. took care. Um, I, I had a great boss um, back then, too. I mean, they really, really like I, I used to tell him, I'm like, I need to work 55 hours a week in order to make my make my bills. So he actually literally put right. me on 11, like make sure I got 11 hours a day to work to make sure like they made sure you could do, you know, you see nothing. And, and it's how many years later? And you're still singing their praises. We've brought this up before on other episodes. If employers are loyal to their cut, their their employees, then the employees will be loyal back, yeah. right? Like that, like it's treat, a two way treat, street. Yeah, exactly. Don't fuck them. Don't disrespect them, and be loyal. Then the loyalty will be returned. I truly believe that. So you're waking up. What time did you have to be at Rosenberger's in the morning? Just for that particular milk. When in reality, it's the same exact milk. You just don't know it's the same exact milk. But there's no difference. It's just they had the contract to package Clemens milk. And then Clemens would up their price of their milk because they're like, oh, we got a premium milk. This is better than just say Giant or whatever the case may be, right? Another company. But they did it. So 
Um, but I, I was on a, like a B-class truck. was like a straight truck. Um, basically, I would go. We, you would have then you would have a route, and you actually have the same stops every day, every of the week. So if you had Clemens, if they had a delivery every Monday, you had the same Clemens, the same this that every day. So you knew when you went into work, you know what you would know how much milk it would be, but you knew stops you were going to go to, what times you had to be there, whatever. So you dealt like the same people, the same receivers, the same. You know what I mean? So it was a, it was like a very repetitive job that you would do over and over again. Um, all the little like um, little um, gas stations that got like the Rosenberg's iced tea and stuff back then. You know what I mean? Like burgers. I mean, you know, yeah. got with like Wawa now. Like Wawa is like just a like big, but like Rosenberg's was like the Wawa of like back then. Like when you went to the oh, gas yeah. station, Rosenberg's iced tea was sitting on the shelf. If you didn't have Rosenberg's iced tea, it's like you don't carry you don't carry Rosenberg's iced tea. Like in in this yeah. area, if you didn't carry Rosenberg's iced tea, like you were like like the yeah. worst. Uh, Had yeah. to have. Why like, even? Yeah. That was like for, for our for our city listeners. That's like like Arctic Splash in the cities. The iced tea. Like if you don't have Arctic Splash, get oh, the hell out of here. Arctic Splash. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How dare you, right? So that um, was, yeah, I mean, it, it, for Rosenbergers there, they were a well-known company, especially out here, like I said. And like I said, I think for the company itself, and I think the way they um, advertised themselves being this premium company, and I think treating their employees a certain way, again, not always about the money, but I think they did that so that they could actually perceive themselves as being this company that takes care of people. So people looked at that family business of like, oh, I'm going to buy from them because they take care of their people, right? They so they they presented it that way, right? They very uh, very down to earth people. Uh, you know what I mean? The 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 one owner lived right across the street from the dairy. He walk over, he'd see, he speak to you. Um, they gave you free food when you worked there anyway. Like when I used to deliver down to the little uh, the little dairy uh-huh. uh, dairy wagon, right? I would deliver in there. Yeah. And it's funny. He would say, uh, "I'll pay for that today." And I would laugh, you know, and I'd say, "You." Okay, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> they give you ham for Christmas. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? They, like I said, yeah. they gave, their biggest thing was giving you a double bonus Christmas check, um, like the second week of December every year, whatever. Again, uh, $500 check, but you're like, at the end of the year, you're like, yo, you're scrounging for like, you know, pay your bills or whatever. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. The check was always great. You know what I mean? They, uh, See, that's, and they, yeah. They made sure they paid. They paid you back then. They paid you every week because I think a lot of us younger people didn't manage money right. So like every week they paid you on Thursday, so your money was in there on Friday. I mean, just little things that they just did, little perks. Yeah, I think um, it was it was, that, it was definitely a good company to, to work for. Yeah, that's great to hear, man. And it's, and like you get that from those mom and pop shops, and it's a shame that you don't see more of that. But I mean, business is what it is, you know. So that's how it works. So okay. So that being said. Glad to hear that because I've always been a fan of Rosenberger's, and it would have broke my heart if you were like those rat bastards. Fuck me no. every way from. Those are good people, man, for sure. Nice. Okay, so let's keep it moving. So now you stuck with the delivery thing, and you've been doing this. You've been working here for the last twenty years, right? You've yeah. been delivering beer for a major uh, brewer di- or brewer distributor, right? A major alcohol distributor, right? For the last 20 years, we won't say the name. And you've been delivering kegs and cases and all kinds of gimmick for 20 years. So I know I like was- this guy, Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's one. Of- he's definitely <laughs> we can smell our own there. That's for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what is a day like in the life now? So. What time do you got to wake up? What time you got to be at work? What's your shift like? What kind of things you doing on your shift? And then when are you done? Can you kind of hit us with that? 
Yeah, so uh, I, I wish I could make this sound a lot more uh, interesting, but I've been there so long, I have it like perfect. I go in at eight. I work like banker hours. I go in at eight thirty. Um, yeah. yeah, my company, you know, they're they're a great company, and um, my truck's already loaded, everything like that. So I, I pretty much go in, grab my paperwork, I hop in my truck, and um, I go out on my route. Um, I deliver to you know all the. Um, Blue Bell, Narstown, and Oaks area. That's my main route, right? So it's oh, been, that's a nice, yeah. sweet gig, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I go out and I deliver to all the major, um, you know, liquor license, uh, liquor companies. Some liquor, sorry, beer. Excuse me. Not it's not liquor, it's beer. Yeah. So, yeah. On, any place that sells beer, we deliver to, right? I think it's like 540 accounts in like Montgomery County alone itself, right? Yeah. So we delivered to to all of them, and there's three major big companies that deliver out and, and you know pretty much run Pennsylvania per se. But um, and I work for one of them. But yeah, just I go out and deliver. I mean, again, like you know, you 160 pound kegs, you're lugging up and downstairs. So, um, but you, I mean, you you get used to it. I mean, in the beginning, it's like, oh my god, is ever going to end or whatever. I can tell you, you know, this long, the kegs have not gotten any lighter. <laughs> um, I learned how to handle them so that they're, you know what I mean. But they don't they, like when I pick up a keg, it still feels like 160 pounds. I just know how to lift yeah. it with my legs, and I've leveraged it in such a way that I don't feel it anymore. But if I ever make a mistake, get a little ballsy, and just pick up a certain way, it reminds me that who's the boss. Uh, <laughs> well, so yeah. Pete doesn't know this because we're on virtual. But Malik, you're a tall guy. How tall are you? I'm six three. Six right, three. Yeah. So. Pete, you, you're 6'3". So when you're yeah. lifting up, right, like your back, especially if you weren't doing it right at first, your back just had to be on fire, like sometimes <laughs> when you're lifting oh, up. Is that- you, you, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you get the, the case. You can have a guy that starts and you'll be looking at me like, listen, if you lift two more cases like that, your day is going to end today. Like your first <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just telling you. This is not about how strong you are. I'm telling you, this keg wins every time. I'm telling you, this is where all about working smarter, not harder. Do not try to impress me. I don't care. But you weigh 160 keg. Stop. I weigh 208. <laughs> keg beats me every single time. Just, just stop, right? So, you teach so, me about- so Malik, I, I went to I went to Drexel University. You know, we had a little party house, and I always thought we were badass when we would have parties because we'd roll up, you know, six kegs in hand, and we would each grab a keg ourselves muscle carried into the house but uh three weeks ago i threw out my back when i sneezed so i know that that's not a career for me uh carrying kegs full time (laughs) (laughs) i actually it's funny a really quick story so there was a kid one time i'm I'm telling you this kid had to be about 130 pounds right and uh he he bet me that he could pick up the keg and walk it across the parking lot uh, of a restaurant to his car so i'm like (laughs) This kid's going to do it. Like, no way possible. And I'm talking, it was a long parking lot. Long parking lot. So the kid goes and picks the keg up. He I, he picked up. I was like, there's no way he's going to make it. Don't you know this son of a bitch picked the keg up and walked? Yeah, he couldn't put it down. He had to pick. He couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> this kid picked this damn keg up and walked it clearly across the whole <laughs> car. Right? So now I'm, now I'm mortified because I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't really give him the keg. Right? Because I, it goes to this, to this yeah. particular company. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? But it must have been a grace. By the grace of the Almighty, man. Some girl was like, "He's not 21." I'm like, "Yes, you can't <laughs> <laughs> legally <laughs> <to> <laughs> out." Yo, it was, like, it, was, it was like it was like a god gift. Like, 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 oh, I, I owe this company. I mean, the, the the particular restaurant. They were getting six kegs. I'm like, 
what am I going to say? I lost the keg. Like, what do you say? Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. How do you lose so, a keg? Yeah. He's like, he's like streaming like, yeah, I got a keg. I got a keg. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating bullets. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, what am I, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? Whatever. And the one girl was like, yeah, 21. And I'm like, oh my God. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you can't. Like I can buy you a soda, but you, you know, you can't take the <laughs> ID, sir. ID for the vet. Yes, yeah, so I, so I learned a valuable yeah, lesson. Like, not only can you not have the cake, but gambling's illegal too. Get out of here before I call the cops. Yeah, with yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. Do not bet anyone when it comes to beer because the good uh, they really want it, they're going to beat you for it. You know what I mean? Dude, that kid was probably like in his mind every step. He's like, I'm going to uh, bring this to the party. I'm going to yeah. be the hero of the house yeah. party. I'm going to get a girl to like me. Ah, like all yeah, these things. Sure. And he's carrying I, that thing. Man, that's I would, so... I would, it, would been, it would have been quite funny for him to get the keg. But the funny part was, I'm thinking like... You How the hell is he going to open it? Yeah. yeah, you don't have a tab. Like, I mean, listen, you know, I'm sure he would have found one. You got, you know, you got, you got this particular big keg. Where there's you know, a will, there's a way. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, seven, it's seven and a half cases of beer and, and, a, and a half keg of beer. There's seven and a half cases of beer in there. So quite frankly, oh, yeah. in there, so they'll find a way. They'll get somebody that has a tap somewhere. Say, listen, I'll let you drink all night if you just get the tap. You know, somebody will find one for sure. Oh, I also yeah. had friends one time. There was there was a party at some house at Trexel, and uh, it was winding down, and my friends were jerks, and they decided to steal the keg that was out there. So the keg's like three-quarters full. They, they get it back to their apartment building, but the apartment building was part of Drexel. There was security, so they couldn't walk it through because they weren't 21. So they took a bunch of Christmas lights, went through them the, the third-floor balcony, tied it to the keg, and you know just shimmied up there with the Christmas lights. Yeah. Wow. So wow. Really? Yeah, do anything for it. Well, there's red blood. <laughs> young american men in beer they'll figure out a way to drink it jesus yeah. christ that is yeah. hilarious yeah. yeah well god bless them hey they earned it in that case hell yeah yeah for sure so nice all right so you're so you wake up you get you got your sweet deal like you've mapped it out you know like do you talk to the people on your routes like you've probably seen them for a year and i'm sure the routes change like businesses open and close and whatever right but like do you see like a lot of the same people over the years and they know oh, yeah. you at the place? I'm, I I actually, I, I've actually got in trouble at my job for talking too much. Go figure. Right. Like I, <laughs> every place I go to, they yeah. get a 10, 15 minute conversation from me. It's yeah. funny. I, 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 I don't pay for food. Um, you don't pay for drinks because everyone, you know, everyone, you take care of them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very give and take, you know, like who yeah. doesn't, who doesn't like the beer guy, right? The beer guy, you need the beer free for your party or whatever. So who doesn't yeah. want the beer? right so that guy's always got to be the guy right like so um yeah i mean you don't you don't you don't pay for much people take care of you and the other thing about it is like even like in my area so if a a bartender for instance leaves one bar most likely Uh they're going to the same area so if they're not working this place right it's like oh hey how are you do you see them another place right because they because in reality they're not going that far if they live in the area they're they're just they're going to go where they get a better crowd to make better money or whatever matter move amongst other restaurants and so on and so forth so like i've been around the same people um for you know for this amount of time you know what it's 18 19 years or whatever i've been around the same amount of people um so yeah, you see the same people all the time i guess the cooks may change from one chef to the next to another place or whatever but be, be honest with you those are the guys that love you like them those guys behind like you don't see those chefs are guys those are guys you come in they take care of you you want to eat you're in there hey you, you want a cheesesteak you get cheesy on the way out or hey i got pizza it's too well done they're not going to sell it hey take this home to the kids i mean it's oh. you know how much stuff the people that's take care like of 
Yeah, that's the old world shit you love, man. Like people just good people being good with good people. Like that's fucking great to hear that that still happens. Because I I would do that shit all the time. Right. Like like when the beer guy would come, like I always like would talk to him and be like, what's up, man? Because you got to check, make sure it's like everything here kind of thing. You trust yeah. them, you know, like Inventory, make yeah. sure it's all paid. Like, hey, man, here's some fried raviolis or whatever the fuck it is, you know, like and they were like your dude or like you give him a drink because legit every stop you're at Malik is legit like a fucking workout. Right. Like tell everybody to drive every 20 minutes you drive, you got to deadlift 160 pounds, like five times. It's definitely a a hard, it's definitely a a very physical and taxing job. But like I said, it's, it's, it's one of those blue collar jobs where like, you know, people drink when they're happy, they drink when they're sad, they drink just because they drink for whatever. So like there's always work. Right. So like when people see me, they're normally, they're happy to see you. Right. And then the owner, and like I said, for most of the the mom and pop places, because there are a lot of mom and pop bars where I there's a lot of franchises, but those places like that, you'll go in there, man. Especially if you've been around a long time. Like I go in places and I already know like Tuesday, don't even think about eating before 12. Cause when you get to this stop, they're they're feeding you whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not talking like just a slice of pizza. I mean like, you know, cheesesteaks and so on and so forth. There was a there was a stop in um East Norton, um, that um, it was it was actually um, like an Asian lady owned the stop, and this lady was unbelievable. So literally, she had a buffet, and I delivered her beer, and she had a bunch of kids. So she didn't want to throw away food. And I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. Every Friday when I went in there, this lady, I would go in in the afternoon. She always tell me come in the afternoon. She would get upset if I came earlier. So in the afternoon after the buffet, because they had to clean it off for dinner. So the lunch buffet, she literally would take everything on the buffet that was not sold, box up and give it to me. I'm talking oh my I'm talking, God. I'm rice enough to feed like 20 people, chicken wings. Oh like, come on. I mean, the lady and and the lady didn't want a single nothing. All all she had to do was like just pray for me. Like, like literally, like, like oh man. my God. Dude, Dude, like, that's- really, Awesome. Kids, so then, what doesn't tell you is he'd get home, enjoy the buffet by himself, and tell his kids, "Go, uh, go make something for yourself." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is so funny because, like, my kids, like, they would say things like, "What happened to the Chinese food?" And I'm like, you know, they they, they closed the, the family. Unfortunately, one of the, the her husband yeah. passed. Unfortunately, oh. so business down. But she's one of them kind of people, like, where like you can't even believe that someone is actually this generous. You know what I mean? And she's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, choices. she's like, I give it to you and you utilize it. She goes, oh, I disperse of it in a way of getting rid of it. And, you know, she goes, and I feel like giving it to you has worked it. But I mean, literally, she, I mean, and but I, put, I mean, she was very over the top with what she gave me. But like I said, every place I go to, I mean, Friday, if I want something, everyone actually wants something to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess, you know, nowadays, you know, hoagie chips and the soda is 10 bucks, right? And they hand it to you yeah. like, you know I mean, right. on a weekly basis, right? And every, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't even need my wallet when I go to, you know, we eat somewhere. I can route my day where it's like, I can get breakfast here. I know when they get there, they have coffee. They're gonna have this. They're gonna. I mean, that's why I stayed on the route. Wait, for heads so up! Do not let your mm-hmm. wife listen to this podcast, or she's never gonna let you order a cheesesteak again. She's supposed to join me too. And she went downstairs. I, she went downstairs, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna let her go down because she hears about all the stuff that I'm, all the perks that I get. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be like, why are you bringing shit home from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean you want a cheesesteak? You got a cheesesteak every goddamn Wednesday when you go to McDonald's. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. When I keep comparing, like, babe, I can't lose any weight. You know, I've been I've been low carbon all day long. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I don't know what it is, babe. I just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm eating right, you know. Yeah. I don't cheat. Yeah, I was telling so my high pressure, my high blood pressure, my medical. Blame my parents. It's not me. I swear. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that's the best, dude. That I'll tell you what though. That chi- that Chinese lady, that is like she knew you had a big family. Like that's just that that kind of shit, man. That's a true like like an angel. Like what a sweet yeah, like, and like do and like her options like do throw away or help this guy get food yeah. to his kids. Like what the yeah. fuck? Like there is yeah. no option in her mind yeah. in that in that not scenario, not and there shouldn't be. Upset with me if I and if, and if because a couple of times I you know I felt she'd be too generous. And you're kind of like no, I don't want it. And she you know it was and and in their culture. You know, it's yeah. very difficult to turn down things, right? And I learned that about even like like some of my Italian restaurants, like when they offer oh, you, yeah. it's a it's a it's a sign of love and gesture. An insult, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's it's, it's almost like insulting them, yeah. Right, right. And I had to learn. My mom was so she's like, you don't you don't do it to people. So she would get upset with me. I would say no, it's too much. And she would, and then she explained to me that no, it's it's not. She goes, I want to give it to you. And and the fact that she went out of her way the way she did, and it was a consistency. Like if I had to go there sometimes in the morning because it just made sense of my route. You know, she yeah. would, well, you got to come back later. You got to come back, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I worked at a beer store over there in East Norton part-time. My buddy owned yeah. the beer store. And there, she she knew I was there. So a lot of times even she would close um, the store where they would close at 9. And uh, we closed the beer store at 9.30. And she would even bring food and just drop it off and just say, hey, you know. <sighs> I mean, like I said, I mean, she's, she's a woman. She's a woman Dude. to this. That, um, I, her other restaurant that her family owns, they don't get beer there. Um, so I haven't seen her in, in quite a few years, but she's one of them ladies that like, I would have to take her and literally like take my kids and be like, this is the lady right here. And, like yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks with not even a ounce of wanting anything. That was the most yeah. important. Never wanted a favor. It was not, it was never like this for me. I'll do it for you. It was just kind of like, here, no, you take that's it. Incredible. Yeah, Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's absolutely. That's, and that's great to hear too. And it's not like. The best thing is, it's like it's like the world's coming together because like you're a black man, she's a Chinese yep. lady, like you're just doing your jobs, but she just she doesn't see it like that. She sees yep. people helping people, and that's yep. the way it should be, and that's phenomenal. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Th- that's a great, great story. So I want to do this though. We're coming close to the top of time. You are doing some shit right now. Get I want to I want to promo all your stuff you're doing. You're doing great things. Hit us with it. So we got the gym. We got the clothing line. We got hit us. Go go right down right, the line. Good. What do you got? All right, cool. So uh, I have a gym, King's Corner, um, which is where um, I train um, people, you know, small groups or, or one-on-ones, a lot of one-on-ones, small groups or whatever. Basically, the fundamentals of the real, I call it the real boxing, which is not commercial, right? Same thing like you do, right? People yeah. actually boxing itself. Um, you get the yeah. card from the boxing, but I'm teaching you boxing from the ground up, right? I tell yeah. people, Boxers are from their feet up, fighters from their hands down, right? So I'm teaching you to, if you want to know how to box, you know what I mean? This, this is where you go. Um, I have a guy here. The sweet who, science. Also, the real yeah, stuff. Yes, yeah, the sweet science. That's just, I tell people I'm a boxing trainer with a coach. I'm not a fitness instructor. It's two different things. You know what I mean? You're but don't come to me if you're looking just to lose weight. You're going to lose weight by default, but it's not the objective. You know what I mean? Um, you're changing lives with what you're doing. You're like part of what we'll do when we teach people boxing is we instill a confidence in themselves that they can accomplish a goal, but also that they're learning to defend themselves and having confidence in themselves. It's really like you're installing life lessons when you're teaching these, these things. And it could be at any age, you know, like 
when you're teaching these people these different skills and these different things, boxing is is a science and it's a legit different way of thinking about your life, you know, and it really like you're it's a struggle to do it. But you really you build comments like I can take a punch. I can survive the workouts and the rigorous training. I can put my, my body can do a lot more than I thought it could previously. Right. And then like, you're also knowing now, like if something were to happen to my family or my friends or something like that, I'm not scared. I can protect them and I know what I'm doing and I'm like safe about it. That's all something you're instilling in people of all ages. And it's very, very valuable and it can't be understated. And like you're saying, it's not no fitness bullshit. This yeah. is real shit. This is real stuff. And I'm with, and dude, I've seen it in action and you do a great job. Very, very, very good job. So I want to teach people, I want to, so I, I say like one of my biggest thing is, you know, I tell my kids, like, I want to put you in a position where if it's 50 kids at the school and they're all like, hit them, hit them, hit them. And I'm like, listen, you need to have enough self-confidence that nobody by words can get you to punch them. Like if, if someone can get you to hit them off of words, you've been defeated, right? They beat you, right? Maybe all the time by words i'm like who cares what they call you what they say right you have enough confidence that you can protect yourself you can walk away so i'm like you don't want to be bullying into doing something so teaching kids saying like listen don't worry about that the fact you can protect yourself you can walk away and don't feel like less of a man because nothing's worse yeah. the person here they act out in a different way so teach people that confidence of being able to do that whether it be men women so on and so forth or whatever different between knowing how to box and defending yourself and the reaction just fighting and getting out of the way right just two different things the boxing that the confidence we teach people like yourself man, we teach people is just totally different than what people it, understand it, it, it's an interesting dichotomy in the sense like when you're learning how to box you're learning how to fight it like the, the confidence almost makes it so you're less likely to fight because you don't you know what I mean? like you, you don't take every little slight as personal as you would have before like you're kind of like okay like you know i i know how to handle myself i, I walk a little bit more confidently and like Things get on things that know you less, and people notice it too. So they're gonna, you know, not mess with as you much. And then if something does happen, you, you know that you have the skills, you know, behind it. You put in the work to to defend yourself. Yeah, you don't hear much about boxers getting in, and you don't hear much about. I mean, there are there are some instances, but for the most yeah. part, you rarely hear about a boxer beating up somebody, right? Because the point right. of what you have nothing to prove at that point, right? You don't. Yeah. You know, Proof from God that I'm I'm tough and I can defend myself because quite frankly, hey, maybe you can beat me. But I always tell people at the end of the day, if you hit me, you have a fight on your hands, right? But if you yeah. don't, hit me, right, we can argue and fight and disagree and go about our business. But I don't have to physically hit you in order to get my point across, right? I, 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 the thing I tell people now is like I don't hit people without getting paid for it anymore. Yeah, right, exactly. I don't fight. I don't fight for free anymore. I did it's that cool. enough. Like yep. we've done it, we've done enough where I don't have to fight for free anymore. So I'm not going to do it. A second yeah. thing I did want to bring up about what you're saying, especially for the young kids. We had someone on the show last week and the person we had on the show went away to prison, maximum security penitentiary for second degree manslaughter for, for something occurred while in a fight at a party in college. Right. And it's exactly what you're saying where it, it he and he said it he says he regrets every day not walking away you mm -hmm. know what i mean yep. so like and it's not like you're not a coward for walking away if you got some loud mouth spouting off of you if he wants to swing and if he wants to go defend yourself yeah yes, he wants to I'm chase you down kind of but yeah you know if, kinda... if they're trying if they're if they put your hand their hands on you and you have to defend yourself by all means i'm not saying that but you're trained in discipline Right. Yes. If there's a discipline, you're not starting fights and you're not out there just starting fights for other people. You're no one's security. 
right? Yeah. That's all bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you need to worry about like yourself. Cause I'll tell you this and Malik, you would agree when boxers do get in trouble for fighting, right? The judges mm-hmm. do not take it easy. They, they make a point to throw the book at you and yep. they will. So yep. I, and like, that's something we tell the kid, we tell all our kids that, and we don't like, and if they, if we, and like, and you know, if you can, if, if there's a kid in our gym and I've said this on shows before, if there's a kid that comes into our gym that we, we catch like fighting in school or fighting in the streets. And he's like a protagonist, he's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no, we don't tolerate that bullshit. You know what I mean? And you shouldn't have to, because we're teaching you a, like what we're teaching you isn't to go out and pick on people. It's to be yeah. able to defend yourself and your loved ones. And like, you know, instill confidence in you that you shouldn't have to do that stuff. To yeah, it's a love of the sport. The, the sport itself is great. You know what I mean? Like the discipline, like all the lessons you learn from it, like, you know, that, that's all you really need. Yeah, yeah. agreed. So I do that. Like, uh, um, and I'm working on, so uh, myself, my buddy Jeff and Dominic, we are actually putting together a nonprofit called Momentum. Um, and this oh, is great. We're putting together where it's actually going to have a boxing gym, a culinary school, a music studio, an art studio. Oh. So basically we're taking, you know, right now you don't have these places where kids can go. Like you have the boys and girls yeah. club. And, and But this is like a more intimate place where like we actually would go in and work with the kids, go to the IEP meetings, be involved yeah. with things, teach people about hygiene and interviewing. I mean, kids nowadays came looking in your face and talk to you because it's yeah. so, like computer, so on and so forth. So yeah. we're, we're setting that up when we, we're, we're privileged to have gotten that yeah. start. Like where where did it go that like the those kids those same kids you're talking about that can't even make eye contact you and have a have a have a conversation but the same ones that'll try to rip you apart online you know what i mean like that shit that's gotta go that's what that's one lesson that you have to teach people it's like if you're willing to say it online you should be willing to say it to the person's face you know what i mean like that you should do that like i don't know if you have those type of opinions, some of the shit that they say online should never be said to anybody ever because it's just so disrespectful. Yeah. But a lot of it's reaction stuff and kids being stupid kids. And I was that way when I was a dumb kid. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, we're coming to the top of time here. Uh, what about the clothing line? Let's hit that oh. up. So, yeah, so I, I basically, um, I, I've invested in a clothing line out um, overseas and a partner of mine over there, Shammy. We, we've come together with this concept and basically we're doing some fitness apparel, um, the KC brand that we're doing, and um, it's not it's, 90s clothes, not 90s clothes now. But men, women, and children, we're, we're making a lot of their you know, the fitness apparel between leggings and tights, sports bras, boxing stuff, gloves. Um, we're moving into like soccer balls and basketballs, so on and so forth. So, um, a lot of big things coming, man. You know, a lot of big things coming. Where, where, where yeah. would you? Where are people able to order the clothes? Like, where can they so, find the stuff? But it'll it'll be on my on my on my Casey my kingscornerboxing.com. That's where it'll end up. It will and uh, when we air this episode yep. for everyone listening, there'll be a link to all of uh, Malik's every every for the gym for everything he's doing. There'll be a link to all his stuff in the description of this episode. Absolutely, of course, man. Of course, hey. I can't wait to do a design and order my fucking Working Perspectives yes. podcast merch from there, baby. That's, that's, that's where it. we're getting it from, you know? Shit, right. we'll, get Pete, we'll get Pete looking right with some L.A. gear. I hope you got some... triple X's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a triple X too, but I'm right with you, buddy. Don't yeah. worry. I'm... I heard 6328. I'm like, all right, a man over to my own heart. There we go. Dude, yeah. that's honestly, that's one thing with our – when we start doing our merchandise – 
we're definitely getting a thick boy friendly with the fucking merch. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm not doing these European sizes anymore. No, 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 like, no, no, you know, triple X is when they always do the upcharge. It's like $5 extra for the triple X. And I'm like, ah, yeah, no, I could lose 10 pounds and do the double X, but uh, it's not happening. It's, it's a no. triple X world. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do away yeah. with the nipples coming through the shirts. We're going to do away with that. It cut me deep. Dude, honestly, I'll tell you what, Malik, man, we were, I was so happy to get this. And, uh, oh, so uh, one thing real quick. So friend of the show, former guest of the show, and our buddy, Don Lyons, I asked him something. Uh, and if you guys have just a minute, we'll go over it. I asked yeah. him, what should I ask to Malik? What should I talk to Malik about? And he said he wanted me to ask you about your grandfather that was a boxer. Ah. Um, so, I, so real quick so my my dad's dad he was a boxer and um you know even as he got older and before he passed away and you know dementia and all that stuff whatever uh we have conversation i always said um i said pop what's your best what's your best shot he would say left hook i said what's mine he said drop that right hand on him every time it was funny because <laughs> no, no matter what the man couldn't remember he looked at me and we, i think i was his cousin his sisters any other but so i started talking boxing he knew i was his grandson and he knew what to tell me but in a regular <laughs> conversation, I have no idea who, you know, who I was or what I was. But uh, wow. talking about boxing, he reverted me back to being his grandson. We talked yeah. about his son being my dad and wouldn't realize that I'm his grandson. But when we started talking boxing, he knew exactly that I was his grandson. It was it was that was the kind of, trigger that kind of got him back. Dude, that's, yeah, that's, like, hey Malik, yeah. hey, yeah, yeah. You know, anything boxing, he was anything else, he had no idea who I was. That's great. So, like, do you think I mean if he was boxing back then, he was through some legit shit. Like, there's, he's definitely been hit with wet wraps and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, just oh, yeah. because of, like, the shit he went through back then. So, so do you think that part of the, like, I guess, dementia was from, it had to be from, from boxing somewhat, right? Like, there had to be yeah, some residuals. Yeah, I, I think the trauma they took back then, you know, how many rounds they did, um, it's so good that- the gloves. I mean, he had hands like a brick. I mean, even when he, even when he was oh. like, you, you could feel the happiness in his hands. But they would do things like, you know, you tell me you're running three, four miles. He would laugh at you like, man, we run eight miles a day, nine miles a day. <laughs> they run twenty miles just, you know, just because they work all day and running. So anything we did, they they did it ten times harder. But yeah, um, yeah, and it was uphill both ways through ten feet yeah. of snow. Yeah, I fucking yeah, heard yeah. all that bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I'm, 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 I'm sure that. um you know, when you look at studies now, I'm sure that the, the trauma, when they, you don't see it now, but the trauma as they get older, I'm sure have your brain yeah. out around many times, you know what I mean, with no head. Yeah. I don't even, the funny thing is like, like me, I don't even spar with a head. I don't even, I don't, I won't even Man. do it because, um, you know, unless I'm not going to the head, but I mean, I put my headgear, I don't care just because it is, I don't want my head to be rattled. You know what I mean? You get one good yeah. shot. They were taking them a lot of this back then. Oh, for sure. And like, you got to think too, like the way and one of the big things that's helped with brain trauma in recent years is the evolution of the mouthpiece. Right. So one of the things that and for people out there, so one of the big causes of like the concussion is the rattle. So if you had a mouthpiece on that wouldn't absorb the shot, you would get hit in the head and your brain like kind of rattles back and forth. With these new mouthpieces, you're able to clench your jaw and like make it almost solid so that when you are hitting the head, the force doesn't rattle back and forth. It just goes out, right? Like the momentum doesn't stay in and rock you. It hits and then flows through. And that's like with that kind of new technology and stuff, it does help. I mean, to be fair, the brain stuff will be there as long as you're getting punched in the head. 
but it's right. not as bad. And I've noticed a definite difference in the mouthpiece for like yeah. with, with that mouthpiece. It's, it's very, it's worth the, it's cause it's like 60 bucks. They take your dental gimmick and they fucking cut it and send it to you. And yeah, it's this like, is not whatever. the sports authority boil it for 10 minutes. And uh... yes. Oh dude. And back then their mouthpieces, who knows what, like theirs were just like pieces of bubble gum that they taped together. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck knows what they were yeah. using. But yeah, like legit, the mouthpieces now are like they're they're lifesavers. But yeah, and plus, too, people think too like the headgear. They're the headgears are good for the padding and everything like that. But they're they're really mainly meant to prevent cuts. You know, yeah. like you're yeah. still they they they'll help, but you're still getting whacked. I think the, the best the way I heard her, I, I think Mike Tyson said it's like imagine getting hit in the head with a bat. Now wrap a pillow around the bat and get hit in the head with it. It's still uh, it still fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah, I I, my headgear, my personal headgear, I use the headgear with the bar across the front of it. Yep. Plus, I do a lot of talking when I'm because I, you know, sparring and all stuff. Yeah, more about teaching. Coaching. We're, we're teaching, right? We're doing coaching, but I mean, just because, like you said, that mouthpiece and whatever, like it's more about protecting the rattle. But like you said, the headgear is not so much so you can just take blows. You know what I mean? It's really like you said, so you don't get cut by the laces, the gloves, cutting your face all up. That's really the for they just evolution they've made it more padding so you think that but in reality that's not what it was designed for you know what I mean? also too like the u.s so your headgear has to be if you want to compete you have to in in like the olympic trials and things like that you have to have usa boxing approved headgear so like what malik has with the mouthpiece or the mouth guard and everything wouldn't be usa boxing nope. approved headgear which nope. is ridiculous that the best padding available and the be most safe headgear that should be the USA boxing improved headgear, no matter what. And it's not. It's the minimum. It's the minimum. They want the minimum, actually. It's just actually yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't even you don't even get the chin protector nope, in that. It's nope. like the like I have my dude, my love. I'm not gonna lie. I do like Rich gave me my headgear as a gift. Yeah. They're like, yeah. dude, they're $160, but you know, it's like because I do all my shit is white. So like my shoes are white, my gloves are white, my headgear is white, like everything is white. Yep, white, yep. <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, man. The socks, everything's all white. So he gave me that white headgear. I fucking love it. But dude, I'll tell you what, Malik, man, this has just been so fucking great. And you opened our eyes to like like the whole thing with this show is the world around us. We want to give context and texture and shape to the world around us. And like now when I look at the phone, telephone poles or like the telephone wires and see that shit, I know what I'm looking at now. Yeah. And now, yeah. like when I put my trash cans out, I'll put a space in between them. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Right. Like, yeah. like yeah. all that shit, too. Like you see the delivery guys, like, you know what I mean? Like you like be friendly and just, you know, and then also when you're ordering something from Amazon, do it before noon. So you get that hot delivery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so and when you buy, when you buy milk, when you buy milk. Look for the date on the milk. Don't worry about the company because almost all milk is pasteurized and made the same way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm save this. Save this. If you have 11 kids, find yourself a nice Chinese lady that owns a, a buffet and deliver her beer weekly. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very thankful. You know what I mean? Yeah, shout out to her. For sure. Oh, yeah. shout, hey, shout out for sure. So. Awesome. So we're coming to the top of time. Uh, Malik, is there anything that you wanted to say to the dozens and dozens of uh, Working Perspectives podcast listeners before we go? I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad you guys are tuned into this podcast. It's an awesome podcast. It's, it's very thank much you. earth. And I, I think that's what's most important. Most podcasts are 
kind of fake and, you know, set all up or whatever. And, and I really like the way it just flows in here. You kind of just go with the flow, whatever it is. And I think that's yeah. naturally why I wanted to do it because I didn't have to worry about studying this and doing this. It's like, hey, we're going to do a podcast talk just to have a good time. And I really appreciate it, Pete. Really nice meeting you. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person at some point in time. But yeah. no, I appreciate it. Um, your listeners, they, they got a great podcasting going on here. And I'm in that. Now I got a podcast I can listen to. So it's awesome. Oh, dude, I can't <laughs> thank you enough for saying that. And like, like you're saying, you're a, we are all members of a working society. Like, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your sexual orientation. We are all working together in society, right? So I think that everyone working in society should have a place where they can voice their story because your story is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, none of us are billionaires or, uh, you know, wolves of Wall Street or but whatever. You're doing something that a billionaire could never do. You're raising 12 kids. You're running a gym. You're running a clothing line. You're working a nine to five every day. Right. Yeah. Like you're you're doing this is our the labor impossible. market. This is yeah, how things exactly. get done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do and you're doing the impossible. And I think that's more of a story than anything some fucking stunad up on Wall Street could say. You know what I'm saying? So I we want to we want to be the voice of the working society. And I'm, I'm thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot. So Absolutely. and Pete, Pants Party Pete, Party Boy Pete, Magic Man McCormick. What do you got to say to the dozens and dozens of working Specs podcast listeners before we take off? Uh, don't trust too much into that boxing headgear. We know it doesn't work all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by party boy Pete McCormick with our special guest, King Malik Harris. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us for some fun on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and hang out with us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you would like to be a guest on the show and go through the approval process with the PAAA, you can email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, this is the end of the show. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, P is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.